everybody while y'all at home sitting around pulling your thumbs and eating way too much. We have a special guest today. We're going to talk about horror movies because we love horror. And to be honest, Black queer people talking about horror is the best conversation to have. So today I have Mark Estes. He is, how do I say it? This man knows horror. He knows it better. <laughs> I think that we can learn a lot from Mark. Um, I'm going to let Mark tell you about who he is and his website and all this good stuff. So Mark. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Mark Estes. Uh, I run a website called Midnight Social Distortion. It's really a blog, and I'll be dead ass honest with y'all. I have been busy with work and haven't posted yet, but um, I haven't posted much. But that's going to change soon. Um, I love horror. I've been a big fan of horror since I was like a kid. Like my parents don't like me watching. They didn't like me watching it growing up. Yeah. Don't like me watching it now. I mean, you know, you know how folks are. You know, they don't you know. You gonna bring demons in the house? You keep watching horror. You know, stuff like that. You know, so. <laughs> but I, I love. Um, I, I mean, I, I just my house is semi decked out in horror posters. Like I'm looking at Candyman, The Craft, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday Thirteen posters in my house right now. I have figures. Okay. I have a horror dedicated shelf, a black horror dedicated shelf, and you know I'm I'm learning, but I'm 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 learning as I geek out. I'm still learning about a lot of different stuff. So that's all I can. That's all I got right now. I'm, I'm real shy. I'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna loosen up a little bit later on in the show. I promise you. <laughs> You're real shy. I have to say I've seen the stuff in his room, y'all. He has things I want. Uh, in, in my space, I think one of the only things I, my only prize movie poster, well, I, my Xanadu movie poster, but my <laughs> other one was um, Tourist Trap because Ooh. that is, in fact, I'm going to talk about that. So what we're doing today is we're going to talk about our favorite horror movies and why. Uh, we mm -hmm. can do this all day, but I, I said we'll talk about our, our, our big five. Um, and then maybe we'll have some time with we'll our deep cuts. Like the ones that y'all may not know about, but we but we do, <laughs> <laughs> but we do, and we will we will stand for it. Uh, I have to say, living in LA, we get to relive these things, and sometimes I get to meet the cast of these movies, and they look at us like we're crazy. They love it and all that good stuff. But I'm gonna turn over to Mark to tell us one of his favorite horror movies and why. Ooh. Um... This might be generic, but I'm just gonna cut my big ass spread head. Um, so Nightmare on Elm Street is like the movie I go to all the time. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, when we get done tonight, I'm going to start a Nightmare on Elm Street marathon again <laughs> because it's overdue. Um, it, and especially since that um, HBO Max has all of them from Nightmare One all the way to New Nightmare, Freddy vs. Jason. And even that remake that we're not gonna speak of. Uh. But uh, <laughs> I'm a big Fred head, so how, how can I explain this? I, and the funny thing was, I, Freddy Krueger is the only horror figure that right now that scares the fuck out of me. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you when I first saw Freddy Krueger. 
my parents were trying to bed train me. Um, they put me in my own bedroom, and that's my first night in the bedroom. But dad was working late, and mom has this sick of him, the sense. Um, how do you say it? Sense of, of the sick sense of humor. She 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 yeah. laughs and stuff. When people start changing the horror movies, she laughs. She starts howling as if you were like she's watched her uh, Eddie Murphy comedy or something like that. She starts laughing her ass off. So in the middle of the night, my mom is in the living room giggling and laughing. Mm-hmm. So me being inquisitive, I get up and go into the living room like mom, and then, you know I'm like what, what four, maybe five years old, maybe. Mm-hmm. I walk in the living room and I see this is Nightmare One when Freddie's coming down when he's fully revealed himself to Tina. And he's coming down the alleyway with his arms outstretched. And when he says, this is God, when Tina votes, I voted too, screaming. <laughs> and my mom was like, come back, it's fake. I'm like, but I did. I was like, mommy, mommy, they get it. So she was like, I'd have messed up. My dad came home like, why you sit there and watch that no good way we trying to get him out of our bed? Because you knew <laughs> I slept with them that night. You know what he knew? I already know who's going to go up with I can leave my damn room by myself. This motherfucker walk around on TV and shit. So, yes, I'm a big friend here. It took me until probably like 90 when I became more. I, I got over my fear of Freddy Krueger in terms of I could watch a full movie and not run out the room. Um, and I became like, you know, they released a new line, um, the definitive collection back in the, um, was mm-hmm. the mid? Yeah, I would go to Walmart and put those all in order so you can get the the full Freddy, you know, you know, figure the uh, the picture of him and all the, the yeah, sets. Yeah, yeah. I would do that, <laughs> and I I mean to this day I have just about every release of um, except for the video cassettes. I have the the fit of the blue um, DVD set, the fit of the Blu-ray set. I have figures. Um, posters, clothes. Most of my t-shirts in my closet are Freddy related. So yes, A Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorite movies of all time. And side note, uh, I follow uh, follow Mark on Instagram. He always posts all of the shirts that he gets, and he gets these are not like just a blanket shirt. Mm-hmm. He gets the hard shirts that you have to really search for and find. So if y'all not follow him. I mean, after this, he'll tell you of uh, his Instagram, but y'all should follow him because he's always posting these shirts. And I'm like, where he? I was like, where did he get this shirt? <laughs> this yeah. I, I, I quickly want to jump in where you talked about Nightmare M Street. That came out when I was 10. And that mm. movie, woo. So when it came on HBO, like we saw the commercials for it. And mm-hmm. my cousins went to go see it. Because, you know, back then, you could be 17 and go see Red Arm movie. And mm-hmm. I, but you can go as if, if they are with you. And they didn't want to take me because they were trying to take these little girls. Of so they course. didn't take me. But when it hit HBO, and, you know, back then, no tra- it was like trailers every five minutes, no internet. And- so I remember mm-hmm. we were like, oh, it's coming on HBO. We're going to, okay, all right, all right. I, and I, I had a TV in my room at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm in my room in, in the bed. Let me tell you that movie 
Mm-mm. <laughs> in so many ways. Because it was like Freddie could get you in the tub, right. in the bed, anywhere. I was like, nowhere was safe. You know, I was like, nowhere is safe because he's pulling people down in the bed, get you in the tub. I officially start taking showers. <laughs> I was taking baths. But after seeing that movie, I was like, oh, we're not doing this anymore. We are taking showers. Then the second one came out. They didn't help. But anyway, the, the <laughs> that that changed so many things. And that scene, when the whole Tina scene, mm. it, it looks different now. But back then, when his arms stretched out, I was like, okay, I'm not ready for this. Because I've never right. seen that. I'm used to, at, at the time, we were used to like, Jason and Michael and the occasional, you know, psychotic person. But we never saw somebody who was supernatural yeah. that way. Right. He bended like time and space. He was like, yeah. you didn't know when you were asleep or awake. Yeah. I'll never forget that. That used to screw with me, but I was fascinated by it because he was, right. he looked like, um, so if y'all remember the book, Scary stories you can tell in the dark. Mm. They had that old man that was kind of the different, like when you get to a different part of the book, um, they had like this old man that looked like Freddy a little bit. And right. it just used to freak me out. Because that book used to scare the hell out of me. To this day, that book still scares the hell out of me. I was still looking <laughs> at it. But the art in that book still gets me. And we were right. looking at that book in the third grade. That book is, now, y'all may not know this side story. That book was banned from schools. Really? That book was literally banned because of the art. And I remember in the third ass grade, our library teacher would read that book to us. <laughs> and, Damn. And I remember we all checked it out. I checked it out, but I kept it in a drawer in the kitchen and only read it on Sunday. Y'all had a cool ass librarian. <laughs> Yeah. But back to you and and Nightmare M Street. Sorry, I just wanted. No, you're fine. I mean, it's just the movie. The I think one of the reasons why I love the movie now and the franchise as a whole is because of that was out of. I mean, to me, you got yeah, you had Jason, you had Michael Myers, and it was more along the lines of wrong place wrong time with them fools you know what i'm saying like oh you a character of crystal lake you asking for this you know what i'm saying oh you cool with laurie strode or jamie lloyd or you stay in haddonfield you hey you you might be you might be screwed mm-hmm. freddie got you in your dreams man it was like you couldn't sleep and 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 in the nightmare on street the more you look at every time i look at it, i always find something mm-hmm. That I didn't see the first time around, you know. I mean, not the, not the, not the last few times I've seen it because I've probably seen it about a million times by now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the fact that you know, it took me a long time, as many times I watched the movie to realize that the whole entire movie was a dream, mm-hmm. and that uh, I mean, from from the beginning to the end, it's just a full dream. You don't even know when the characters are really awake, and the way that Wes Craven played with that narrative. Um, it's just amazing. And even though I am a huge staunch supporter of the sequels, I mean, even um a lot of people shit on Freddy's Dead. Um, I like, you know, A it's 
it's it's still continuity and, and, and you know it's still canon and all this stuff you know and but West Craven did it to the point where the other movies they 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 gave you a clear like they 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 took the mythology and played with it a little bit and but it's like West like you knew when the kid the characters were awake in part two and in part three and in part four and stuff like that but you just in part one you can't really tell when Nancy was really awake. You know what I'm saying? You can't tell when, you know, um, because the whole entire tapestry was just Freddy's. Mm-hmm. And you could do anything. He could do anything. And so when you, when I looked at that movie probably like, what, the 500,000 time, I was like, you know, stuff wasn't making, I mean, that's like stuff was making sense. It was just like, shit, this, this, is, a, this is like, a dream. This whole entire movie was a dream. Like not when she fell asleep in one part of the movie, and then from that part on, it was a dream. From that point, of, no, it was like from Tina all the way to the end, a dream. And when I say five hundred thousand times, that's probably when I was like in like college, mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, my friends was like, "Mark, you're kind of like really obsessed with Freddy Krueger," and I'm like, "I'm not obsessed. It's just that." I mean, these movies just—I don't know—they're just nostalgia fodder for me. And but yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street is the movie. That's one of my top faves. I I go to bed for it. And I think somebody even on Twitter said like, I don't understand why. Mar- somebody said on Twitter that the best Freddy, the best Nightmare movie was Dream Warriors. And I was like, okay, that might be your favorite movie, but they were like, you know, the, the original Nightmare Elm Street movie was stupid. And I was like, okay, let me delete you right now. Let me unfollow you. <laughs> <laughs> because clearly you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because so, without the first one, you could not get the third one. Like Exactly. You had to have seen the third. It all comes together really well because you understand right. like why Nancy. And the weird thing about three is Nancy was 25. Right. She was young because I was like, she's because I remember I never get this when I was in grad school. I was like, I am when I was about to finish grad school, I was like, I'm gonna be 24. I'm like, oh my god, I was I was Nancy's age. Like it all came together for me. So. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um she I mean, can I talk about part three for just a second? Mm-hmm. That was like you said, a full combination for her character because um and you know for a long time i shitted on part two mm-hmm. until i realized i really really love it mm-hmm. we get there in a minute but um she was even mentioned in part two you know what i'm saying so just like you still i think part two took place five years after the original movie yeah and i think that she was 15 the original movie so and then i think dream warriors took place another five years after that so it's like you said 25 so when she died, I screamed because I was just like, damn, like, it, it hurt me. So, <laughs> it because- yeah, when I first, I saw it in the theater, uh, hmm. uh, my babysitter, <laughs> my, <laughs> my sister's babysitter took us, it took me. Hmm. Um, cause my mom paid her. She was like, I'll pay you extra if you take him to the see this damn movie. <laughs> Because uh, I kept wanting to see it. I think I was like 13 or 13 or 14. And I I was, I couldn't, 
I think I teared up because I wasn't prepared. Because again, we didn't have spoilers. We didn't have none of that. So you didn't know what Right. Was. Right. And I thought that they were going to be able to, to, they said, dream her back and everything. But I don't know if you ever read the comics, but she's very active in the comics. Yeah, she's the gatekeeper of the beautiful yeah. dream. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I need to get those because they're hard, they're hard to get, but I want to get those. I found, uh, I think if you go onto nightmareindustry.com and you go into like the comic version, I think you can download oh, okay. the panels. I'm, I got to double check on that, but I know that's how I read them back in the day because they had, I think they had those and also the um, Nightmare Warriors trilogy with um, Ash, um, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. I think they had those on there too. Okay. I could be wrong though, but. Yeah, because there was one point they, they, they brought back the, in the mid-2000s, they brought back all the horror, they brought all the horror favorites in comics, Halloween, um, mm -hmm. Massacre, all those. So, yeah. yeah, Black Flame, Black Flame. So what's your, um, which one of your, um, you know, top five? The Fog. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I love yes. the simplicity of The Fog. Thank uh, you. Because... Um, and I just watched it. I because you know, Shutter, love yeah. you. Um, <laughs> because I'll just turn it on and just have it on. Yeah. Um, but I love it because it was just so simple. And what I miss about horror right now is the simplicity of it. Right. Um, also, what I miss about horror is they use like regular ass people. Like nobody was a was hot and sexy. It was just regular ass people, and you and it made it more believable. But right. with, um, good Lord, everybody is texting. But anyway, um, <laughs> besides that, uh, the funny thing about The Fog was I love the way it starts. It mm -hmm. starts with a story. And um, when I, I wrote a script um, called um, kind of like, bed, you know, Bedtime Story, I, it, was ba it was inspired by just that beginning scene of the kids listening to this story about the legend of the town. And mm -hmm. also, you know, you and I grew up in a small town, so right. it made me think about those days when we used to hear all these stories about, like, so this happened, and if you go out to Bloody Lake or blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. I love that type of stuff. But The Fog was really neat because it was a simple story um, that affected town what happened 100 years ago, and then it was coming back. But uh, there was so many great scenes. One of the strong scenes for me, and I, have, and I will literally go back just to sit and focus on it, is when they were on the boat and they they saw the boat in the distance but when they went out and looked up and saw the boat go past them i was like that was scared the hell out of me to see this old ass haunted boat mm -hmm. this, you know pirate boat wherever it was just going through and then they came after them and got them but it was just the fact of how they would appear in the fog and i i think i read somewhere that when John Carpenter was, when he did the story, it was a story he read about demons in the fog. Mm. And I was like, um, like that's fascinating to me because I end up writing something about demons in smoke, um, coming at you with <laughs> your smoke. And I was like, it was inspired by that. But just the fact of the way the movie was like, kind of a slow burn um, right. into the madness. And I love when movies like just don't, it's like this, it builds up to it. Right. But I right. love 
um, Adrian Barbo, uh, the way she was like, kind of like basically narrating the horror because she was like, I see the fuck is coming and everything. And then I make fun of the, I put it on Twitter that where she's like, my son is trapped. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, imagine if you were in a town and you on the radio, you get somebody's, my son is trapped. It's like, what the hell is going on here? But um, it was just right. interesting to see how it was all unfolding. Um, I love the, the theme music in it. Um, yes. When, you know, when the fog was coming, they was like trying to get away from it. Um, the scene, when I was a kid, I watched that. Uh, when um, her son was at Mrs. Colbridge's house. Ooh. And Mrs. Colbridge, like, she was one of the, she was, if y'all don't know, basically the ghosts, uh, they come back for vengeance a hundred years later. They go after the descendants of the ones who killed them. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Colbridge was the descendant of one of the killers. So um, they just cut her up quick. And you, the noises it made when you hear the the, yes. the, the hooks going, I was like, good Lord. And this little kid was like. Oblivious. Yeah, so like, <laughs> Colbridge. And I'm like, if that was me, we'll be out the window. But it was the fact that they almost got him. And it was like, kid, mm-hmm. get out, you know. But it was just that build up and that freakishness of the fog. And we didn't have fog that much, but when we got it, they used to scare the hell out of me. Cause I was like, something's coming for us. And I remember saying right. that, like something's coming for us, grandmama and all that stuff. And I love it to this day because it was a, a nice build up to everything. I like that they were just everywhere. And another great scene is when they were in the church. Yes. You see them standing there and it's just silent. Yes. And just looking with those eyes and that moment where they grab the cross and just the, the 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 little music behind that was like, ooh, everything else. And I love how what's his name went and pulled him off. <laughs> like, come on. But the little kid will crack me up in the movie because it was at once he was like, Don't go in there. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, don't go in there, sir, mister. <laughs> yeah. Like and I'm like this this kid gonna be dramatized for life because he does you know, his babysitter got killed. He's ghosts and all that stuff but i've always been curious about if they ever did like another they did a remake which we're not gonna talk about that but when they ever Uh, do something like that again i would love to see it from that kid's perspective he grew up and he like he he can tell the story he mm -hmm. he, he's older now so he'll be able to tell he will be in his 50s so he'll be able to tell that story the same way that old man told her, like I, I was there, and you can see like oh, like the kids like oh, you lying, like but same time no, he was there. So that yeah. will always be a favorite movie because I love the way it built up, and I think to me horror movies should be almost that simple, right? Like, be something where you don't have to overly think at all, and you may have questions, but you're like, no, but this is supernatural. But the right. but I will I will always love that scene of them just standing there on the boat the first time when you see them when they when they get on that other boat, but just that look at them just standing there and it's just eerie and quiet. Right. You can't see their faces to a degree. Um, and when it was when it was going after um, Adrian Barbara, I was like, girl. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. It was like God. you felt like you have nowhere else to go. Like you are up here. There's nowhere else to go. You have to fight for your life. And I thought they killed her at one point. Um, I mean, they did hook her. They did hook her, though. But but I love the way it ends when she's like, 
you know, something came out of the fog and tried to destroy us. And it was something about that speech that made me think about that's kind of how life is. You know, right. Come out of nowhere and try to destroy you, but you will stick together and you will survive it. And you will make it through. So I've always looked at that as kind of a message of life. Um, right. And I remember I, I, I met, or I was very close to Adrian Barbara. I got, when she was at a, com- uh, a conference or, you know, a convention and I didn't get you because she was, that woman is popular to this day. Right. I saw her at Comic-Con last year because it was promoting the new Creep Show. Right, right. And, um, I was like, she's still beautiful. She's still vibrant. And I remember I was in a little group and she was talking to people. And I was like, I said, I just want to say that you were a big part of my horror life as a kid. I really, I'm glad that you're doing good. Right, right. Thank you. She's like, what were you doing looking at those? She says, I know you're young. She's like, how are you doing looking at that? I was like, it was the 80s. We all was looking at something we wasn't supposed to. It's, uh, exactly. I stayed getting caught watching some shit I wasn't supposed to be looking at my phone. Like, there you go again. We, I think sometimes they'll tell us we don't have cable. They were like, we broke, we don't have cable. I think they got rid of cable so that we couldn't watch stuff like that. Listen, <laughs> I was around when HBO started. So when HBO started, because everybody got it. Yeah. Um, I think my grandmama was not prepared for me and my cousins because we were watching the wrong things. Body Heat. Uh, yeah. American Gigolo, <laughs> all the things, yeah. Blue Lagoon, everything we should not be watching as kids. So. Yeah, my mama said watch Blue Lagoon with us though, but she was like, you know, y'all don't do no mess like that. But I got a question to ask you because this is when it comes to the fall. That that's something about John Carpenter's movies. He had a damn good way of ending his movies to the point where you'd be like, I'm shook. And did the people get out? Because see, the fog, the fog's ending has always free. It's one of those movies where I don't care how many times I've seen it, how many times people talk about it, it still freaks me out. Because mm-hmm. when they come back and you think like, okay, the way when the when the pastor goes back into the church and to their, and then you see the smoke come in, or the fog come in rather. And then he turns around, they're still standing there. And I'm thinking, like, wait a minute. Everybody else is outside. Are they dead? You know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, are they, did they get, you know, got, you know? But, you know, some people say that the ghost, the way some people explain it, the ghost came back to kill him. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. Sorry about that. But, uh, but it's like, did they get, did they, did they, were they really coming back to get all the people that they were looking for? Or were they really coming back? to take out that entire town. Cause I mean, yeah. just, I mean, I mean what, what, what do you think happened? I was when told um, that they were coming, they was going to get the original five regardless. He was the last, cause they got all of them. Remember they, they got the first three, Mrs. Colbert mm-hmm. was the fourth, he was the fifth. Okay. So they got, they came back to get what they wanted. And that was basically that revenge. Um, okay. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Cause I was like, I was fine with that. But you're right, he has a great way. The way he does movies, I would love to talk with him before he Yes. Yeah. But I love to me, I've always looked at his stuff as his movie out of mouth of madness, okay. But yes. um, I'm I, I didn't I'm not a fan of that. I tried I looked at that recently and I was like, ah no, but I get it. Um but I love it. Lord, we can go off that. What is your next 
favorite horror movie. Um, Scream. I know it's kind of recent, but again, it's another Wes Craven classic. Mm. Scream. And I Scream hold the reason why Scream was my because see like you said when you saw a Nightmare on Elm Street you were ten, mm-hmm. right? And so when Scream hit in nineteen ninety six, I had just hit my ten years. Mm-hmm. So that was my version of like okay, I finally get a chance to see something like a Nightmare on Elm Street on screen. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Scream. The problem the problem was that our in my hometown, our theater burned down, and we didn't get a chance to see any movies unless you went to like Memphis or Jackson or you know like the local, the nearest theater, you know, in the outside of our small town. Yeah, my parents hated going to the movies. They hated it. They really? did not like going to. Yes, the last movie my parents went to go see was Harlem Nights. I think I think I probably see that. And. My, their church members took them to go see a Tyler Perry movie, and that was the last thing they went to go see. And but they're the type of people who hate going to the movies, and so I missed out on a lot of stuff unless my cousins took me or my friends took me to the movies or something like that. Um, but when Screen came out, I missed it. I missed out on it because the theater was not in Brownsville no more. Um, it burnt this summer. Burnt down this summer. Mm-hmm. But when I finally did a chance get a chance to see Scream, um, it it fucked me up um, because <laughs> the writing was just you you could feel that this was going to be this was going to bring in a new wave of horror. Just the way that the movie it was so fucking popular. It was people who didn't like horror movies that was talking about this movie at school. Yeah, and. Um, it was just it, it was like witnessing the next pop culture phenomenon take off. Mm-hmm. I remember being obsessed with the commercials. Every time the commercial came on, I would sit there and watch it, and you know, be like, you know. And then when we finally got it to VHS, my parents were like, "You going to get Scream again? You going to go <laughs> get this movie again?" I'm like, "Yes," because it became more than like I realized this movie. I was dissecting the movie. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, I hadn't seen anything like it at that point in time. And granted, Scream, now that I've, I've, I've acclimated a lot of, um, I'm, I'm country, y'all, y'all got excuse me, I say certain things. But um, all the movies I've seen, um, because I didn't know there was a lot of like movies like Pieces and um, what's another one? Deep Red, you know, oh my God. those type of movies where you were like, Oh, who's the killer? You know what I'm saying? But I thought like, oh, Scream's a, you know, me being a young, damn, you know, naive child, I was like, oh, Scream is like, you got the next person next door trying to figure out, you know, who's you know, the person next door, the killer. And I'm like, they've always had that. And then the big slap in my face was when I came across and then there were none by Agatha Christie. Uh-huh. And I'm like, hey, this started the whole goddamn slasher genre right there. Yeah. So, but screen um, the the characters, um, the writing, the direction, the soundtrack, everything came together, and it just sits with me as like bringing in that them teen years because before screen there was the craft, 
Yeah. We'll get this a few minutes. But uh, Scream really was like, okay, Mark, this is your 10 years. Um, Now you got some, you know, now you got some to look forward to because that now Scream 2, child, but Scream, what, what, did you, what did you think of Scream? Did you like it oh, when it came out? I did. Um, I was going to put, I, I had a feeling you go talk about Scream, so I took it off my list. But Scream, Scream came out when I was in college. So when okay. I, I was, I was, I think I was, um, weirdly, cause I, it took me a while to get, it took me like five years to get out of college, but I was in, uh, change majors at the last minute. Don't do that people. But, um, <laughs> I, it he came, ain't lying. Don't do that y'all. <laughs> it came out, it came, don't, it, don't do it late. Cause I did and I ended up staying. So, um. It came out during uh, holiday break, so we were just um, going on holiday break, and I went to my friend. My friend lived in Conway, um, Arkansas, so we was going to mm-hmm. stay with him for a few days. We stayed with him for a week, for like we, you know, we went home, and I think we, I think it was going home. I think we got out like on the 18th or 17th of December. It was going to spend like all the way up to the 20th or 21st at his house. So we went to Arkansas and the movie was out and we were like, we have to go see this movie. Everybody has to go see this movie. Um, and I remember we went and my friend, Derek, I mentioned him and something else, but um, yeah, Derek, he went to go see a preacher's wife. Oh, poor because thing. he was religious, very religious. And so he was like, I'm not gonna go see that. I'm gonna go see preacher's wife. Me and my other friend, uh, we went to go see Scream. And so we didn't know what to expect um, because you know, it was just talked about so much. Right. And we go in, and it was just, you, like you were saying, you knew this was going to be a game changer because it was just, the fact we're like, this is Demi, like, no, oops, Demi Moore. This was very, you know, this is Drew Barrymore. Like, Drew Barrymore was was big. And I'm like, right. killed her off? Like, she was nothing. Right. And everybody else you've seen and everything, because you already saw Nev and Skeet from, um, the craft so you are you and plus nev was big because she was in party of five so you already right. were seeing all you were seeing all the girls <laughs> already mm-hmm. um and so i was watching i remember and i had a crush on a ski because ski something about him was just this is this is gonna sound horrible i'm gonna be honest there was something about his he just looked scraggly and dirty but at the same time you wanted to like be with him because he feel like he was that type of person that your mom like stay away from that dirty ass white boy. But at the same time, like <laughs> I don't want to be around this dirty ass white boy. Uh, and I had a crush on Stu because I thought he was kind of cute in an odd way, right? Um, and so um, seeing that movie was really awesome. It was so awesome. I mean, I was obsessed with it. Like we saw it twice. We right. saw it again. Um, when I, went, when I went back home in Union City, Saudio, my friends, we were all home for holiday break because it came out around a holiday break. And so we went and we mm-hmm. saw it. And I was like, oh my God, I love this movie so much. I would say Scream 2 was very defining for me because we this was in my college years. So right. when we were in college, we were, we, 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 that phase of horror was so big in our college years. So it was like a treat every weekend these movies would come out. It was like, oh, we, Friday night, we're going to see. I know what you did last summer, or we're going to see. Yes. You know, Urban Legend, you know, yes. it was a big deal. Scream yeah. was a big deal because Jada was in it. 
And I was yeah. hurt because, you know, Jada, you had the commercials. And then I was like, oh, my God, Jada. The same time I had my hair, my hair was straightened. And so it was, it was mm-hmm. a link of Nev Campbell's hair in, the, in that movie. But when I saw Gail Weathers' streaks, <laughs> the, the gay me screamed. And I remember the next day we all went, we went, we went back Friday night to see the movie. It was packed. And it was funny because it was packed just like that, the first scene in Scream 2. Right. And, and people were literally acting like that. We were like, this is kind of funny how people are literally acting like what they're acting like on TV, like on this movie right now. Right. But that happened. I was like, um, I remember my one friend got, he freaked out. He was like, that could happen right now. That could literally happen <laughs> right now. He was like sitting there like, he really clamped up. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, because our other friend was drunk because he bought it. He stuck in a beer. And we were like, he's like, Dan's too drunk. He's not going to be able to see anything. So I can kill <laughs> I'm like, if you don't shut up, exactly. but they all those streaks. I the that next week, I went to the salon and I asked um, Bonita to like, I don't remember her name. I asked her because I was like, could you put? I want those streaks, and that's what she explained to me. Um, you know, I have, to, I have to strip the color out of your hair to put those streaks in. I was like, what? Yep. She said, I have to, I don't recommend it because you already have a perm and this stripping the color out is going to make it really weak. <laughs> I chickened out. We didn't do it, but I tried to do it again on my own. Did not come out red. Oh, gold. Shit. I had gold, but they worked. There's pictures of it. I had gold block. At the time it was blocking. I had gold oh. blocked. Oh, it works because you know, y'all see me, I'm light skinned and I have my hair is not black, it's dark brown, so it worked. But <laughs> eventually, when I graduated from college, I did have the reddish auburn streaks. Um, but anyway, Scream was a game changer, it was a big deal because I didn't know who was the killer exactly. I, I thought it'd be somebody random, um, but. Yeah, so that I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, it's funny because I, you know, the commercials with uh, Republicans, um, Drop Dead Gorgeous, they yeah, pretty much told us who the killer was. They were like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, okay, then um, they had the best goddamn whoever was a PR team, whoever put those trailers together. Oh yeah. my God. I love y'all. And uh, I think um, somebody interviewed them recently and they said that, you know, they, they talked about how they did that trailer and stuff like that. But I was like, for the longest time, Vic, I thought that that's it's Wes Craven and it looks like the killer, because they wasn't really showing the ghost face mask up front because it wasn't an iconic mask. You know what I'm saying? So for the longest time, I thought it was Freddy Krueger coming back. I was like, okay, you know, they said he was dead in New Nightmare, but this might be a new wake. I'm thinking like, okay, it's Wes Craven. Is somebody getting killed every five minutes? Uh, it has to be Freddy Krueger. I know naive person I was, but um, when I saw Scream and my stuff, actually they spoiled it at school. Mm-hmm. They came to school Monday morning, and they were like, "Did you see Scream?" And literally, the conversation was, "Did you see Scream?" Yeah. It was crazy that the boyfriend did it. I'm like, I haven't seen it yet. And you know, I was a nerd. They're like, oh, Mark, whatever, you know, whatever. And so they're like, oh, they kept talking. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. They're like, Mark, and just get up and just, you know, I'm like, I can't leave. We're in the classroom. 
They yeah. kept talking about their fucking movie and they spoiled it for me, child. And I was mad as hell. Yeah. Now, the thing that did throw me for the loop was when um the thing that didn't spoil actually was crazy was Stu. That that shocked me. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. but I think that the way that the characters and the way that, um, because the characters were like people you went to school with. And the whole mystery behind it, it was just like, it was actually the first, I went and bought the screenplay. That's the first screenplay that I read and studied. So it was just like a prize all around. So. Yeah, I want, you know, I'm going to do that. I have never looked at that script. And I know when they did the third one, it was, they never had it. The way it was, like, they never really had a full script. Just because mm-hmm. of all the, I think it was the second one they talked about it, it had to be very careful with the script because it was just right. So and I know um, Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, she wanted to die. I think that was what she was like, no, I wanted to die. She's like, I already yeah. have to go. She's like, that was the thing was like, Buffy dies, you know, because she was already getting her popularity on that. But oh God, this, the Scream movies were very big. All three mm-hmm. were big during my college life. So right. the first two was my undergrad. Um, the third was my grad year. Now, and it was so funny. I went to see this movie, same theater in grad school. And it was like, I loved the fact that I, my experience with Scream has always been in this theater um, and with some of the same people. So that's always been something for me. Uh, I was I I would say my next movie mm-hmm. that I really liked. I mean, I'll add screen so we talked about screen so much, but I really, um, I love love the Return of the Living Dead. Okay, okay. I love it because of how it made me feel uh, when it first I first saw that it was during um, a time where. Side story, my house was kind of caught on fire. We had to get it rebuilt, so we lived in apartments. And the apartments we lived in was next to a graveyard. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so I church at the time, which was, we lived, this was several miles from where we were. Our church was having a, a Halloween event or something where we could stay all night. And Mm-mm. I got a little <laughs> so I had to come home. But it started raining and everything that night. And so I never saw this movie. So it was just coming on as I got home. Oh, my and, God. Um, and so, you know, I was watching it. And it was the funny thing was, it was like, okay. Uh, it was 1984, but I, it came out a year later, HBO. And it was like in Louisville, Kentucky. I was like, that's four hours away. I was, mm-hmm. like, I was like, whoa, okay, four hours away, Louisville, Kentucky. I got you. Uh, watching it. When they first encountered Tarman, I was not ready for that because again I was eleven. Mm. So I'm just like, okay, wait, wait, I'm not. I, I, this thing is scaring me because mm-hmm. it was saying brains, and you know, I was like, okay. But when and I've seen the commercial for it, you know, it used to come on like during night flight and and all those the videos, yeah, the videos, and so when. That scene, when they was like, okay, all this stuff's coming, I'm gonna get out of here in the rain. And they heard that scream, and then that one skeleton that came out of the grave, and that song, yes. Do You Want a Party Dude. Start? I thought, whoever, whoever <laughs> all of that was, that was the best thing, that was the best combination ever, because 
I remember sitting there on the couch. I was freaking out because in my hometown, we used to play like really weird games, like you know, mm-hmm. the grave. How long can you lay on the grave? You can lay on there for five. You get like five minutes, you get five dollars, like stuff like that. And so, um, seeing that, and they were just coming out of everywhere, but they was not. You couldn't kill them. There exactly. Was, you could not. I remember, like, wait a minute. I remember from the old movie, shoot them in the head, but that wasn't working. And these mugs were running. They wasn't like right. Because there was that one scene where it was two of them. It was that mixed girl and that white guy. They were running. They were on their own. Yeah. They were running. They, I was like, they are literally like right behind them. Like it wasn't like a, like how Michael Myers would be a mile over there. <laughs> they were like running, like so close. I remember that building. You saw them like literally like the shadow of them coming to that building. And I remember right. thinking, oh my God. And I remember, you know, at 11, I was like, there's no way out. I was like, there's no way out of this. Right, right. You can't just right. kill them. They're trapped. What the hell I would just, I just came from a church. The graveyard is across <laughs> the street. I don't know what we going to do. I can't right. do it yet. I was like, because I used to always throw myself in these movies. Like, what would I do? That's so, the best movie, though. That's, 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 yeah, a good, that's a good thing. What would I do? And it was just so much in that movie. I laugh to this day. Of the uncle, because the uncle was doing all that crying, because he was like, yeah. "Oh no!" And it cracks me up now, because I'm like, he cracks me up. Um, yeah, I read somewhere that um, he chose the way he died in the movie. When he died, yeah, he chose that. He was like, "I didn't want to die," and I like, "I said the way he died, it was like it's sad." Because it was like, because he yeah, his wedding ring down, and I was like, "Oh no!" But he knew what he had to do. I remember the guy, I forgot, um, I forgot his name. It wasn't Tommy. Was it Tommy? No, it was something else. Because um, I could hear Tina. What did they yeah, do? That's him. That's him. Uh, yeah. Freddie. It'd be, I, mean, I mean, his real name is Tom Matthew, but you mean Freddie. Yeah, Freddie. Yeah, Freddie. Like, Freddie, what did they do to you? So he ended up playing Tommy anyway, Freddie. Um, yeah. But he, that, it was interesting because you saw that group. And that group was an interesting group because you had uh, what's his name who's black and he's black and Latino. Um, um, um dang on. he was because he was he was in horror noir because he was because he was in he was in a couple of horror movies. He was in Friday the Thirteenth. Um, he wasn't in People Under the Stairs. That that other girl was. But uh, I, oh I, Kelly, I, I, I should I, know. It's this Nunez Junior. I know his last yeah, name was Nunez Junior, but I just, for some reason I can't. Jesus. I, Oh my god! I'm gonna look this up. I'm gonna look this up. Keep talking. <laughs> it's just funny to see, um, to see, you know, how he was acting. But that was an interesting mix of people because it was like you had all of them these punk rock. And you had Tina. I'm like yeah, this average white girl. Well, all with them, but then you had Freddie because like they all they all got along. I was like then I was like thinking, is this in Louisville, Kentucky? And I remember thinking like Louisville, Kentucky must be must be just thriving because we ain't got people right. like here in Union City. But it was just so much that was happening. And then when um trash, um she came back. Lord, because uh, oh I was my freaking, gosh. she because she was already freaking me out because the way she was acting, I'm like, hey, this girl's literally naked with a vest and some dance skins on and they got her the way they got her i was like creeping out that for yeah me. yeah they got her the way she fantasized about her death but i was like she got to come back i'm like how did she come back 
Because I'm like, that was a yeah, that was yeah. I thought they I thought they ripped her ass to shreds because <laughs> she was. I'm you know I'm a big Linnea Quigley fan, so I had seen her first in Night of Demons. So I when I um I was gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to that though, but when she died. Every time I see this movie, I hate seeing the part where she dies in because it just always fucks, it freaks me out. So yeah, it it does, but it also played that whole notion of the slut dies. Yeah, because she was the one who died. All of them died. Spoiler, everybody. Yeah, but it was the fact that she died first, and it, it played with the whole thing. If you saw Kevin Woods, like the slut has to die, she's like the first. Mm-hmm. One. I was like, well, well, she wasn't the first, but it was like the way she died was the worst way possible. And when that scene where she's walking, that I was like, girl, she is really walking. She is these hip switches. But (laughs) she came back, and I was like, she's already dangerous. Uh, And, you know, I was like, how did she get to come back? But it was just that feeling of there's no way out. Right. seen many horror movies where you feel like there's no way out. Like you're right. trapped in this place, they are running after you. You have to like burn them to crisp if you want to get away with it. And I was like thinking, you know, to this day, I was like I, I was like, we would have survived Tarman because he was too slow. Slow. But I think it would it would been the shock of him that probably would have slowed you down to it's like, I can't move. Um, right. To this to this day, I love that movie. I just watched it recently. It was on. We have a channel called Pluto. Um, yeah. That plays it like it's nothing. So I just put it on in the background. But it was yeah. just so much. And Clue, I think that's his name. Clue, Crew, um, Kugler, the he was one of the older guys. He was the owner of the mortuary. Yeah. And he's still a legend. Um, right, and, right, right. So we always saw him. There's a theater called the New Beverly Hill in, in uh, LA. And it plays all the classic movies. And so he's always there. I okay. Can't, I can't remember if he's still alive or not, but he used to always go, always see him. I'm like, oh my God, that's him. Yeah, I still think he's with us. He's with us. He's still with yeah. us. Yeah. So I love, 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 love that movie. That movie still has a place with me because they were the zombies that I was afraid of. I wasn't afraid of the like, Night of Living Dead zombies. Right. Um, to see Return of the Living Dead, to me, brings back so many great memories. The soundtrack was great, uh, right. and I love it. That's the best zombie movie I believe ever. It's ever been. Well, I, I have to co-sign it. Um, how can I? Return of the Living Dead. It was another one of those situations where it was on HBO in the background, and I'm like a young kid running around. Mm-hmm. And when Tarman, it was just on TV, and nobody was really paying attention to it, and it was a Saturday night. I remember this because we was all like a lot of people at my parents' house. They always came on the weekends. So I run around the TV and then all of a sudden my parents started hearing me screaming like bloody murder because Tarman came on the screen and he bit off uh, what's his name's head. And I'm like, oh my God. And so I was I just remember me running my mom like these damn horror movies and stuff. Cause dad hate my dad hates them. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh shit. And then I didn't I think. I didn't see it all the way through until after I saw the second one. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they did a double. They used to play the second one like in like four o'clock in the afternoon on HBO. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, why are they showing this so damn um, early? But 
the original because of the trash, you know, dance scene. Of course, they didn't, you know, play that early in the morning. So I think I saw it on USA Up all night with Ronda Shear. Yeah. And when I tell you, I was like, oh, this is that first movie. And I sat there and watched it from the, that was the first time I saw it was on Up All Night. Mm. So, and they would always play it on Up All Night. Mm. So imagine when I first saw it uncut because I think they, they, they didn't even show the whole trash dance scene, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when they showed it uncut, I'm like, this girl, I said, Linnea quickly is butt-ass naked and she's dancing. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, this is a crazy-ass movie. And it took me, again, like about a few viewings to realize that they all died. Because yeah. I just always say, oh, yeah, the black guy made it in that one. And I'm like, and then you, if you pay attention to what they're saying, like, yeah, there's no, there's no survivors. I'm like, shit, they all died. Yeah. But if you tell what's his name, I think he was standing like hard in the water. He made it to the end. I was like, but you died, brother. You died. His name is Miguel um, A. Nunez Jr. Uh, I was like, uh, but you died though, bro. You died. And yeah, you made it to the end, but you didn't, you know, all y'all died. And that's the situation when you go, it goes back to what you were saying, like that's the situation that they couldn't get out of. Yeah. They did the right thing. Well, they, well, if they had to do the right thing to begin with, they asked us why none of them probably would have died. Yeah. They just called the goddamn um, army. But when he called the army, they're like, "Oh, okay. Uh, stand by. Press the button. <laughs> Blow all it, the." It made it sound off. that that was the freaky part. Was right. how simple they made it sound, and it made that's when I realized, like, okay, our government is a little hmm. like it, it made right. me think, like, wow. I was like, so we're not. At the end of the day, it was when I realized that it was a saying about you know what is everything that's necessary whatever whatever means necessary it was like that was like in order to save the world that has to be sacrificed right yeah okay i get that i get that that. right but it was hard it was like wow oh yeah because i was rooting for tina right i was rooting for her i was like i hope she makes it because he bust in that room and i was like oh god um but i will always remember and people we talk about it every once in a while. It's that part where um, Freddie's talking to Tina about how he wants to eat her brain. But right. it was the guy, I think he, at one point I was thinking, was he going to shoot her to save her? Because when he's holding her, he puts the gun up to her. And, yeah. And I'm like thinking, was he like, okay, I'm going to have to kill you so you don't go through that. And I was like thinking, goodness. That's what I was like. The stakes were so high. I think that was the first movie I saw that the stakes were so high. Right. And I was like, it's like they're running it, they're chasing you, you can't hide, you can't do anything. They can smell your brain. Everybody who gets in there, they've killed. The cops, it's not working. I was like, mm-hmm. the stakes were too high. And again, 11-year-old kid to process all that was too much. <laughs> yeah. My cousin will always say, like, he would always tell me, he said, now, which situation would you rather be in? Would you rather be in a Return of the Living Dead situation, a Night of the Demon situation, or a Demon situation. I said, oh, a Night of the Demon situation, because all I got to do is jump over a goddamn fence. I do not want to have to be chased after, be chased after no goddamn okay. brain-eating zombies. 
Okay, I want to spend a moment on Night of Demons because I, I just watched that too. Literally on Pluto, they were back to back one day. Yeah. And so to speak on that, actually, that's another one of my favorites. Oh, and yes, mine too. Let's <laughs> jump into that. It was, again, it was following the simple thing of, okay, here we are in a, a town, could be any town. It could be any mm-hmm. town. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that it was like, we're going to the whole house. But I loved that it. it wasn't, the story about whole house was not elaborate. It was like, well, apparently he did. It was like all these rumors about what happened. Yeah. And it was basically the same rumors of what Amityville was. So right. it was like, okay, you know, he killed his family. All right, we've heard that before. Oh, he's it's an Indian burial ground. Like, okay, we got some poltergeist, Native American, we pray that. Poltergeist, a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, Amityville. Okay, all right. But it was something about, again, the characters they got together. Uh, right. I loved um, the good girl. Because she, because it was like, these were like middle class people because they were living in an apartment. And she was a single mm-hmm. mom. I felt bad for her mom when she made those duty logs. And, Man. <laughs> and the brother was just a little asshole. I was like, the mother, like, I said, like, that woman baked those logs. And he, she was just so devastated when he, she was like, yeah. Teddy, whatever she called him. Um, but the characters were, I love the characters in it. Um, I had a crush on Sal. Yeah, he was fine. I'm not gonna lie, he was fine. Yeah, he was. I was and I didn't like that he spoilers. I didn't like that he died because I was like mm-hmm. hoping he was gonna make it to like I like I was like three of them can make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved, I loved the array of people. I loved um, when they when they got to the house, and I loved that there was that one person who knew all of the witchy things. And I thought right. that was cool because I was that person. I was the one who like knew about, hey, if you do this with a mirror, if you play with a Ouija board, because at the time I played with a Ouija board and it was a big ass deal because it was me and three other people who used the Ouija board and they got back to our school that uh, <laughs> to, to a point that um, I found out years later that because I read every witchcraft book and all that type of stuff, I was marked. <laughs> to, to, to watch in the office, principal office, I was marked as a student they needed to pay attention to. Because oh it, was, like, it was odd that Victor's reading these books about the devil and he's read every one of them because I didn't think about it. I checked out all of them. Right. So it was like, mm, what's going on here? And then the rumor's like, oh yeah, we played with the Ouija board. Anyway, the movie. So I loved we had that. And Angela, I loved Angela because it was just that dance scene. You know, back then, y'all, 80s gave you a dance scene out of, for no reason. For no reason. Right. So there would, it'll be a dance scene, but they all make sense. Even though it was yeah. for no reason, they make sense. Um, yeah. And to this day, I love that song. I need to find that song. Um, Stick out of Martyr by Ballhouse. <laughs> what did I tell y'all, horror fan? So... It was just that part when that music started and she's dancing, but then when it went backwards, I was like, I was feeling it. I was like, and I was like, oh, I'm feeling this. I love that. Yes. Um, she, I think she was she, in real life. She is a dancer. Or she was a dancer. Right. Um, right. So it made sense. And there's Sal watching this. And I'm like, Sal, you need to go. I was sitting there like, I remember I was watching Get it. Get your ass up. <laughs> no, because you're supposed to be. He was my pretend boyfriend, and I was saying, "Why well, used to do in the movies? I used to pretend that I will be in the movies, and I always 
trying to save the boy that I like. <laughs> so it right. used to be me. But I remember seeing that and just, there was some sense of hopelessness in that too. Cause it was like, are you gonna get out of this house? And that that scene where um, all the doors shut and what's her name was just like, just-, just Judy, like, yeah. The doors shut, it's just dark. Um, I mean, I just, that movie did something to me. I, like you, to jump back on what you said about Angela's dancing. I mean, I was like, this bitch is mesmerizing the fuck out of me right now. I was like, she is giving me all types of life right now. I love to sit there and watch this scene. I love to sit yeah. there and watch it. And it's just like, and also when you were talking about the, all the different people, like you, that was a mix. I don't think at that point in time, I saw a multicultural cast. You had an Asian girl, you had a black guy, you had, um, a Latino, no, not a Latino, Italian? Sal was Italian. And, uh, yeah, and it's just like, this is a mixed bag. And I I was like, this is awesome. I, but I was going to say, like, at the beginning, even, even you know, Linnea Quigley's also in this movie, um, in the most iconic, I thought that she was going to end up being in the sequel, so but that's just we're getting in a second. But I was like, with, I was like, okay, you have Angela, you have Judy, and you have Suzanne. I'm like, Ladea Quigley wasn't old. It was just the fact that you knew that she was older than all of them. It was like yeah, parent. You know, I, I remember looking at it again. I was like, you are not a high schooler. I was like, right, not work for me. Everybody else kind of worked because that the. That one guy who plays the boyfriend, he was always a dick in, in the movies he played. Yes. I'm familiar with him. He and, was in Heathers. Yeah. And Angela, I believe, Judy, I believe, Sal, I believe. Because again, these are people, I looked at them, they were in high school, so they look like people that I knew. Right. But I want to take, I want to talk about the black kid because he, yes. He represents so, like, he's the, he was the reality chick. Like, He's all the things that everybody who's black about stuff is now. Like he was like, oh, right. no demons. My daddy's a preacher. Like it was like all the things. And I was like, whoever wrote that knew that was a black person. Cause I was like, that right. would, he would be the one that was like, I'm going because I want to hang out and be with the, the funny crowd. But right. he didn't really fit in. And, right. And I remember just watching him, like I said, that probably would have been me, like, you know, because I was raised, like, no, we'll be playing with no demons. And he was like, like, we need to get out of here. Like, everybody, mm -hmm. we need to get out of here. And mm -hmm. this is one to play. I love that, that mirror game. I never heard of that. But I was always, like, fascinated by that game because it was like, that's an interesting game to play. Um, you know, it goes black and you'll see yourself in a past life. I'm like, I wouldn't want to play that at all. But I love when that one girl, the way she reacted to it, it was very believable. I was like, uh -huh. that would have freaked me out too. I'm, I just saw my dad. <laughs> I right. Saw my dad. Right. And, I would have been, I'd been, asked, I'd been asked to leave right then too. Like, ah, uh, fuck this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's out. Let's out. Yeah. And yeah. I love that the story about it was like, you know, the, the demons come out. And it's funny because basically, the Night of the Demons is basically. Could it could have been a, a a Buffy episode, you know? It right. Been, that that because they they kind of had episodes that was like that. 
that yeah. like, the episode was kind of like that in one way when they were all dressed up. The first episode, when I think it was the second, the one where Anya was a bunny. I think it was yeah, kinda, Fear itself. I believe his name of it. Fear yeah, itself. So it was like I can see a lot of that, but I it was just that moment where everybody. I remember I was really sad when Sal died, mm-hmm. but when they were trying to get away, and it was that moment that had to use. That's when I first understood what Bob Wire because I didn't know about Bob Wire. <laughs> before. But I was like, Lord, I was like, can you just grab the parts that don't have the thing on it? But I was like thinking, but no, when you're trying to get away, you're not thinking. You're just like trying yeah. to get out. And right. I was, like, God, that was, I was thinking like, that is a lot. And I remember he got over and I felt sorry for Judy because I was like, he gonna leave Judy. <laughs> he gonna leave Judy. I was like, and everybody, it's funny because that was the first time that I see a black person survive a horror movie yes um because it was like he it did it was like everybody was like well you know nobody survives nobody black survive these movies i'm like um excuse me in night of the demons which came out in 1988 um uh, rogers um uh, roger survived he jumped over the damn fence if it wasn't for his ass judy ass would have been fucked but i mean <laughs> i'm just saying because she was sitting there like like she was a final girl true enough but if it had not been for him she would not have made it because look at how fast he got up that goddamn wall yes but it was him roger throughout the entire thing was always the first like he was like i'm getting out he jumped through the damn window window when stuff would happen he didn't stick around he got up and just ran and left he's gone he was not bullshit with y'all yeah and that's when i realized that that is how we would have been we'd be like look I'm not trying to investigate. The minute I hear it's like we out, I'm but just go. I would jump through the window. He was basically, you know, it's it's always a favorite. It's not my favorite. Like in Friday Thirteenth, that's a, seeing um, um, what's his name, um, Reggie. Reggie was also like that too because he was right. Like, Yes, the minute I see so like, oh, you, you bust through the door like this, I'm screaming and I'm leaving you, girl. So it's like, right. well, I got to go. But yeah. but the Night of the Demons was just the simplicity of it, and that that movie, that movie and the father, like that inspired me when I wrote the, the stuff that I wrote. They were inspirations for that because so I feel like that we still miss that. I miss right, because, you know. And it's funny because I love Bloomhouse. No shade to y'all. But I feel like that, I don't know if y'all could give us that without being too much. Right. I see exactly I what you're saying. Because I don't know if anybody listens to it. You never know. Because I'm in this, I'm in LA. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like y'all couldn't give us this without making it, like, mm, like I think about Fantasy Island. But I think about, like, how I don't know if anybody can give us this anymore. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't yeah. have money for this the same way now. They didn't, they, because they used to be like, you know, like five million is the most they would do. But I don't know if they can give us something like that to where I'm like, ooh, like, okay, the simplicity of it. And I think I would love to write a movie or have a movie made where I'm saying basically, I said, this is my love letter to the age when they took risk on horror and we didn't have to have a friend granted there was a franchise I think it was three to four three movies but i feel like i love the fact that these were risk-taking movies right right and the fact that it was you can it's like you can put out a good movie and then they they're surprised 
about how well received it was, but they didn't rush a sequel out right quick. I think Night of the Demons came out in 88. Mm-hmm. I don't think the sequel came out to like 93, 92, something like that. Okay. And then um because it was a big gap. And but you know, if you if something was up, like you know, you saw the, the Nightmare Industry was made, then the next year um Nightmare uh two came out. You know, they came out it was they were, they were annual events, kinda like how Saw was oh. and, you know, like like you know, stuff like that. But Night of the Demons, it's like they took their time. Yeah. It's tried to, cause I the same guy who wrote the original movie I think did the original did the sequel. He, um, Kevin um, Tenney, I believe he still had his hands on all four movies, even including the remake. I think he just produced the remake, but the third movie, which was it was uh, the third night of the Demons movie, was kind of bad. Um, I, but, yeah, uh, I haven't seen the second one. I've been I'm gonna see it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I need to see it this week. But I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, um, see the remake. The remake was interesting because I think it had that gay, it was like a gay situation in it or something. No, from a gay situation. Um, it was, it, it was like, you know, a, a play on the, the kiss between Angela and Suzanne. Um, but they took it to the, uh, to an extreme. Um, but I think they had the two dudes kiss or something like that in the movie, but it was just like they're playing spin the bottles and shit. And it was just like, oh, just kiss, kiss, kiss. Okay. That was just about I'm it. I'm thinking of Tamara. That's what I'm thinking of. My okay. Oh, you know, I have to say Tamara, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well <laughs> but, that's in there. <laughs> so you'll okay. But uh, yeah. Um, one last thing about Night of the Demons. Uh, it was just. Again, that's one of those movies that I actually sat there and would like look, sit there and watch late night on HBO and Cinemax because you know Cinemax to play all those like direct DVD movies and the direct to yeah tell how direct to um, video movies late at night on Friday. I think they even had a they they would switch the nights up sometimes. So, yeah. but I would love to sit there and watch Night of the Demons and then whatever's came out after that. And yeah, like you said, simple. Plot the just okay. These kids are supposed to they're going to the haunted house, but this house is not haunted. It's possessed, and these demons are gonna pop out. It's just a fun ride, yeah. and I think the reason why we can't get anything fun like that no more. I kind of blame some of the fans about that too, because they'll sit there be like, "Oh, well, it was just a stupid, you know, little run the mill horror movie, and there was nothing to it. It's, it's giving us nothing new," and we kind of fuck up. Um, our love for the genre sometimes uh, we fuck up you know the simplicity of it because everybody wants a message behind stuff now and sometimes i would like a message but sometimes i would like to just have fun you know and um one trivia note um judy's brother was supposed to get to the house he's supposed to be in the house with them but they changed it the last minute i think because of i think child labor laws or something like that child yeah. actor laws something and they had to film mostly at night, so yeah, he was supposed to be in there with them. Um, you know, Dunny Jeffcoat was our younger brother. He was on Wild and Crazy Kids in the nineties, so uh, that's how I first came across him. So, but yeah. <laughs> so, what is okay? We I think we we on our third one. No, we on our fourth one now. What is your fourth? 
Oh, we, um, I guess I'm, I guess, excuse me. Um, my fourth one would have to be, uh, cause it's, it's like picking children. I know I should have wrote these down, but it's like picking children. I'm gonna have to go with Fright Night. Um, yeah, we, because we, we have Fright Night. You have Fright Night too? Um, yes. So For real? That, yes. <laughs> Um, it's so funny because we just talked about Fright Night because there is going to be reason why it, it it just came back in my mind is because they're doing a Zoom they're doing a showing of it on Zoom or somewhere. Oh, okay. So I didn't know about that, and I need I need details like it's when we get through with this. And you want to tell you talk about it on on the on the live? Yeah. I don't know. Just tell just whatever you get a chance. Tell me about yeah, it because okay. oh my god. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Um, you go, you go, and I'll jump in. Okay. When I first saw Fright Night, uh, I was again one of those late night Cinemax HBO type things um, where you just sitting there watching it, and anytime it came on Cinemax, I was there watching it. It's yeah. again another one of those simple. I, I tell people Fright Night was the scream of the 1980s because it was self it was self referential you know uh, it was it was based around a guy's love for a certain genre kind of like what Scream was with like these killies being like from an obsessed fan that you know of horror you know and so. Uh, when you have Charlie Brewster, his girlfriend Amy Peterson, and Eva Ed um, Thompson, and you you know you have um, Jerry Dandridge, you have like these characters, and Peter Vincent, the great vampire killer. You know you have all these characters. It's just the fact that you they all pop off the screen. I remember seeing um, Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, I always tell people, it's a, it's a Reddit joke with me. I say, well, I think when I saw this, this is when I realized I was gay. But for real, when I saw Chris Saran and I'm like, why am I attracted to him and not the woman he's talking to? <laughs> the woman he's with? You know, it's just like, I'm like, this dude is hot. And so, but, the, but he was just like, okay, if he moved in next door to me, I would be like enthralled with him. But the fact that we have Charlie Brewster, you know, the cisgender white male who is like, something's up, yeah. you know, because I think he would have got my ass. He'd probably be like, oh, hi, Mark. And ever like, the movie, there would have been no movie because he'd have become one of his acolytes or some shit like that. No, yeah. But. yeah, because I think we would have been too fast. <laughs> be like, what is he doing up so late? Uh, I'm gonna, you know, go outside and just go in the yard. And just go in the yard and be just sitting there with your binoculars and shit like that. Like, <laughs> oh, you got you. Oh, what happened to the woman yesterday? Oh, I see this. These garbage bags are going out. Okay, cool. You would, you know, but but the movie itself, um, Tom Holland did a great damn script. He did great directing. Um, it was just. Like you again, another one of those movies where it was simple, but it was a fun joyride. You know, it, it, it again, it it changed. I can say it changed the 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 one thing it don't have the screen did was it was a great '80s movie, a great '80s horror 
comedy or horror movie. Yeah. But it didn't like have a slew of like vampire movies coming out after it. So like because everybody was doing vampire movies in the eighties yeah. um, and, and a dance scene in that one too. So yeah. which oh my god, if we did a top five dance scenes and horror movies, that would be my number one because when Jerry found Amy in the club, the whole soundtrack. From when Jerry chased them through the alleyway into yeah. the damn club, it's just banging. Their whole soundtrack is hot. Yes. And, oh. Because <laughs> what was beautiful about that scene was the music was low. It right. It was getting closer to them. It was just the, the music was getting louder and louder and building up. And I was like, that was cute. But the transformation of Amy was happening. Yes. Dancing because you were seeing her as this young girl, but then you kept seeing, like, all of a sudden, she's this woman. She was becoming a woman. Yeah, during, I was like, wow, he's like, you you saw how he was influencing her, and I was like, you were seeing that change, the way she popped her collar, the way her hair was kind of like, you know, 80s fluff. Right. Um, And he was, he is still a very attractive man. He's, of course, he's older now, but Mm he, Chris Sarandon, he was, I didn't see it then, but as I got older, I was like, okay, he is actually mm-hmm. very attractive. Like, I've seen him in other movies, but as an older, I saw him, my friend Peter and I, Peter Zanz, we went to, we went to a screening of it, we went to a screening of Fright Night with um, Amy or Amanda and with Stephen Jeffries, and I will admit, I had oh. a I did too. I'm not gonna fucking lie. I had a crush on him. Um, I had a crush on him from another movie. Oh, from Fraternity Vacation. (laughs) But I had a crush on him. And let's talk about him for a minute because he has a very interesting story. We're not gonna get into his real life stuff because you know he's okay. And you know, and I'm not gonna fault him for that. He he did what he had to do. He was good at it. Say that because I did watch. I did watch it. I don't know if y'all, he's, he was packing. He has a cute butt too. But I've never seen any of this, but I'm kind of mad. Go ahead. You, have, you, can, you can actually go on. Uh, sorry, Steven. You can actually go like on X2. We can see it on all of them. Okay. Because you can Google them up and it will come up. Because that was the story. Uh, okay. But um, to me, Evil Ed, and I, I put this on Twitter. To me, he was a queer character. Right. Didn't know what his sexuality was, but he was that type of person that will probably would be that queer nerd. But it was that scene where you know he was running from um, uh, Jerry, and when Jerry approached him, and that speech—not really a speech, but what he was telling Evil Ed was a—it was like how many of us felt, you know, who were maybe teased or bullied for being who we were, yes. we ourselves. And the way he talked to him was basically like. They won't pick on you. They will, they will really know who you really are. And it was just that he looked so sad because it was right. like, but I understood that seduction because like, he was like, I can be something else because they do, you know, pick on me and, right. you know, which calls my only friend. And so, and Amy, that they're my only friends. And so um, when he changed, mm-hmm. he, Y'all can laugh at me. Somebody should have been like, that 
not Oscar, but you know, it was the way he did that role. Right. It was not, if I, I've seen him before, if I'm able to talk to him, I will say, Stephen, I hope people recognize how great you were because that scene where you, when you approached um, Peter Vincent was mm-hmm. one of the best vampire scenes I've seen. It was the way you came across as like, you knew you was the shit after you got bit and you was not that type who was like remorse of, like, about it. You were happy and it was the way he was like, the master's gonna get you for this. But I love when <laughs> Peter ran to um, Charlie's house and um, he was like, Mrs. Brewster, Mr. Brewster, and it was him in the yeah. bed. And I love when he was like, mm, mm, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you are playing the hell out of this role. But at the same time, I was like, you were probably doing what many of us would have done. Because we were just, we, we're more than what we are. And he was right. what he was. And that right there, Evil Ed will always be one of the best characters in a horror movie ever. If I'm ever, I might post the best characters of horror, he will always be that because it was just the fact that he represented a lot of us who felt right. like out and who felt picked on. And if we ever had that chance, we would probably be really horrible. You know, I mean, we yeah. revenge and everything and probably went after the cute boy and made them one of us, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. He was actually, people, I, I, I will stand by this, I said, he is Spike. To me, okay. he will be what Spike is. Because Spike was kind of like the nerd and everything before he became who he was. I think if Evil Ed was, uh, well, he's still there. If he was, right. we saw more of him, he probably would have been the Spike. You know, after, what, 20 years, 30 years, he probably would have been that, like a Spike person to try to get rid of who he used to be. The same way as William the Bloody, try to get rid of the fact that he was William. Um, and so I always think of him as like, I love that, you know, at the end we was like, he's alive, but I hate that we never revisit him. And I know there was a, there was a story about, he was supposed to be in a sequel, but he did live in the comics though. Yeah, I actually have a, I have an issue of the comics. I found uh, from a long time ago, though. But uh, yeah, I was a big Evil Ed fan. It's it's I, I kind of never looked at that he was like a queer character. You brought that up, and you said that it just everything clicked with me because he, like you said, he was us. And I was like, I I guess it was because I identified more with him than I did um, Charlie. Mm-hmm. And so when he got turned that was another situation where it was like, it was, I think it's, it's hard to watch. It's just the fact that it was sad. You know what I'm saying? Because without saying that he read him, Jerry pretty much, I'm doing the air quotes, read him, like literally, like in terms of like just read his aura. You know what I'm saying? Just read his whole, and you get everything that Jerry was saying and you didn't see Evil Ed that you know much and you know I mean you saw him a lot but you didn't see him in terms of like getting picked on and yeah. you know people you know it just but he picked up on that on that weakness yeah and on on that um that truth you know what I'm saying yeah. and hell I 
I always said that Frightened I had some um, homoerotic um, undertones in it, especially with um, Jerry and his um, whoever, well, I guess his guard. Yeah, and I was like, what's that about? Because the way yeah. he was like, you know, they were close, close. Yeah, they were very close. And so it was just like, and then when Jerry, I don't know Jerry, but um, when um, Jerry found um, Amy, because I guess she's a reincarnated version of um, his lost love, it was just the fact that, you know, okay, I don't need you anymore. Because I, I, pretty much he, think about it. I mean, the dude was supposed to sit there and guard him during the day, but it's like, um, you saw how he was tenderly, um, tended to his wound that Charlie did with the pencil. Yeah. How he was a center just tenderly, like, taking care of it and stuff like that. It was, it was like he was like you know his um but yeah i'm just gonna say it was like yeah they they probably did their thing you know you no know, and the girls were probably just nothing no more than a, um a, a dinner you know like dinner like well, let's just kill her and we'll yeah. feast on her and go back doing what we gotta do and then you know go to bed you know what i'm saying so but i always thought that but then you know the whole um even anything, I'm so glad you put like brought that. Just you broke that down so eloquently, and I was like, you know, I love that. I love that. Um, I kind of wish that he had a came back. I I don't I didn't I don't know if he was in the comic issue that I have because the comics had like there was some weird character in there that I don't know if it was uh they were related to something, but I think it was Charlie's aunt or uncle or something like that. I don't know. It was just some some weird mess going on with an additional character that I didn't know nothing about. But the reason why I love Sprite Night so much is because again, it was a modern version of the the boy who crowd wolf story and um the characters, the music, the direction. It's just it's quintessential eighties and I just love watching it. It's like I don't know, I just love the poster it's beautiful. It's like a '80s poster that you know. Uh, I actually got the poster. I went ahead and bought it. Um, it it's just it, it just represents the '80s so well. It's like it was right dead in the center of the '80s, '85. It's like right dead in the center of the '80s, and it, yeah, it was just a, it's a it's a great movie. But also, I gotta you know we had this conversation, Vic. You know I gotta bring up another reason why I like Friday Night because Friday Night gave us Friday Night Part Two. Yes. And it gave us Bale, yeah. Russell Clark's Bale, who I adore. Yeah. Oh, my God. If y'all don't know, and y'all may have seen me talk about it on Twitter or whatever, Bale was one of the first times we saw a queer Black character or androgynous, whatever you want to say, character. But it also heightened the allure of vampires. Mm-hmm. Because vampires, now, my cousin read Interview with a Vampire. That book is, people don't know that book was like old. <laughs> so that book gets into that whole the sexuality, the interesting allure of the are they, are they not? Belle was the first personification of what that was for many mm-hmm. of them. Because it was just like, what? I remember just sitting there and yes. We, we Mark and I have talked about this before about how Bell was just 
this character that I was just mesmerized. The skating right. scene alone is iconic. Yes. Because it, the way he looks, he looks like something, and he doesn't look like the average skate. Like when you see it, you're like, wait, these right. arms are longer, this hair, the, the look, the way he was like sleek, coming side to side of these skates, that would have made me run. Because I'm like, right. what you are. But Belle, the character was just, Bill didn't speak and you didn't know anything about it. That's what made him more deadly. And I love that so much because that was, again, the first time of seeing, again, us in a role like that. And then right. later, I think in 87, we got, or 88, we got Vamp. So we were beginning right. to see when we were vampires, that's when you really saw you beginning to look into the history of who we are. Um, right. To me, Vamp, I know that's, uh, and the, yes, we're off topic, but not really, but Vamp was like that introduction of like, oh, so let's talk about the fact that Egyptians and that world of black mythology that we don't know, um, to know that she was a queen. And what does that right. mean? And I didn't really see that again until Anne Rice's Queen of the Damned. Right. But, but then it makes perfect sense that we would have been the first of the vampires. We would have right. been, that would have been prevalent in our day and age. I mean, why wouldn't it be? And there are different legends. I, I've recently gone down a hill of looking at black mythology, black, well, African and, 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 and African and Egyptian mythology and all that stuff. That's been a very beautiful deep dive. But just mm -hmm. looking at, Bell, Bell just gave us so much. It was a character that, again, queer, just interesting, androgynous, that you were like, I, I kind of want to dress like this. I, I kind of want to look. Exactly. Exactly. They're like this because I grew up at the time where, you know, you had Lisa Bonet in this hair. Um, you had um, Jasmine Guy in hair. Hair, hair. Like, the whole thing was about seeing black folks and hair and even that one person <laughs> in uh earth with a fire had that hair but to see bell yeah. and prince prince was always with the hair too so right bell i think that was the beginning of me wanting to have long hair right right and i said bell it's like like um i love the way that bell he he was silent but it was just like he was silent but deadly yeah very deadly yes and in Fright Night One, and I know we like you said we gotta stop. I think I, I think I, we gotta put this out there. But Fright Night One, we had just one vampire and like a paramour, whatever you want to call it. It was four of them. Yeah. You had two main vampires, and you had a what a werewolf type vampire, and a like bug eating creature, like guy who was like their bodyguard and stuff like that. It was like you they they upped the ante. Yeah. Uh, so um, it was it, it was just. I don't know, but, but, but Bale, whatever he struck, it was just like, whenever he came on the scene, somebody's going to die. You know what I'm saying? It was like, somebody's going to get hurt, somebody's going to die. And, like, I, I, one of my favorite scenes, it's very, like, mute, but it's like when they walk into the bowling alley. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he just walks in, he just skates in, and they're like, we're closed, and the next thing you know, everybody's dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, like it just he it just like I don't know I just he represented like I think my first brush 
I mean, you, of course you had Prince, but it was like, okay, but Prince is like, you know, he got the girls and stuff like that. Bale just was like my real first, first brush with black queer characters in horror mm-hmm. all together. And then also there was a scene where there was, when they got that one man. Yeah. Um, they were all like kissing her. Like, I, I know Bell was like playing with his hands or stuff. I was like, yeah. Like, wait, what am I watching? Like, I was like, wait, what's going on here? You know, like, right. His negligee was just as, um, <laughs> was just as bad as, um, Regine's was. I mean, shit. <laughs> and, um, that buggy, it's funny, I think, about the buggy man because he ended up, he was in Buffy. He was, um, right. I forgot who he was. He was in Buffy. He was Luke. in the first episode. Luke. Yeah. Luke. That was so funny. Like Luke. But yeah, he he that means he he has not he had not aged at all, which yeah, he, is crazy. He's kind of he was kind of sexy in a way. Like I something about him. Yeah. I he was another damn movie. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I wouldn't say no. So I'll, I'll say that. I was like, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say no. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. Well, okay, it's my turn. Did you? Um, this is hard because I guess this is my last one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I'll sneak into and do them quick. Friday Thirteen will always be a favorite because of the fact that it was just. I saw that at a very young age. I saw that uh, at my grandma's house. Me and my cousin mm-hmm. was laying in her bed. Um. Uh, was scared, you know. Grandmama was in the front room watching like Barbie Jones or somebody's show, and me and my cousin Keelan was just sitting in the bed. And when Kevin Bacon got killed, and with that arrow going through his neck from under the bed, that's when we were like we can't get out of the bed. Mm-hmm. We need to for our grandmama, but it was just, just that moment when Mrs. Voorhees showed up. That was a game changer. Because, you know, she played, Betsy Russell played, that's not her name, is it? She Betsy Palmer. Betsy Palmer. Betsy Russell was another person. Um, but uh, she played that role so well. She was just a creepy looking white woman. Mm-hmm. And when she was just like, the way she was like, don't, she said, don't, don't, don't go in, you know, they'll kill you too. Oh, I'm not afraid. I'm like, the minute... She yeah. like, looked the way she did. I would have ran. I'm like, she looks crazy. And then when she started telling right. the story, it's funny because I went to my first few years in LA. Um, they did an event at the Vista where the Alice and you know they were there. They were there talking to them, and you know I, I got to talk to um, the woman who played Alice, um, and it was just like, oh my god, like it's. I, again, I said something, and they was like, "What were you doing watching this movie?" I'm like, "Yeah, I was really too young to be watching this movie, but <laughs> it was just so perfect, but it would freak me out." So yeah, Friday Thirteenth. But another movie that I would that I would throw in there is Prince of Darkness. Yes, come with it. Come with it. Come Prince with of it. Darkness is my all time. I will watch Prince of Darkness for no reason. I love it because it was just, again, John Carpenter, he, the way it was set up was like, you know, they found this thing and these, these grad students or doctoral students and the way it was like, you know, they were super smart. They're going to get into like, figure out what this was. And apparently the way it, it was supposed to be, I guess, a let, I, I still couldn't really tell you what it was. It was, it was Satan. 
it was or, right uh, satan trapped but it was locked from within so that was because yeah. remember they kept saying like it, it's locked from within we can't unlock it. It, it it's locked from within but it made me realize like what how was it trapped like the whole thing was like how was it tra- how was this being trapped when the that woman was reading the story about when jesus came Mm-hmm. It was very fascinating. Like Jesus came, but it wasn't like all that we knew. It was something totally different, um, right? But the way it went across, the dreams that um, that one guy was having, who was hot, uh, it was just so much. And I remember when you know everything was going down. I just loved. Again, John Carpenter loves those slow burns, and then when it starts right. happening, it just starts, and you're just like, wait, I don't, you don't have time to breathe, um, right? And I love that about his movies because it was like it was so much happening. You felt the, the dread. And I know that one part when they watched that one man, when he was standing outside, like, you know, you're all going to die or whatever he was saying. Right. He just fell apart into bugs. That was just like, my goodness. Yes. But I love to this day, I use that theme of where, you know, when, the woman, she saw what was happening and when she was calling out father, and I was like, oh my God, like, that's, yeah. that's no hope, but I, that's what I really learned about sacrifice, was through that movie. Because mm-hmm. she was like, I have to be the one to do this. I have mm-hmm. to be the one to do this. But it will always get to me, like you were saying earlier about how John Carpenter would do, how movies would end and you would be like, is it really over? You know, it's like, right. it was that when, um, you know, I love, it was that scene where, when she did jump through the glass and when, um, you know, Donald Pleasance threw the ax and locked, mm-hmm. it was her reaching back. That was a, her, I love that, 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 that image. Right. It was like, wow, so where are they? Is that hell? What's going on here? And then, you know, now we've been watching Buffy and all these other shows. We know there's hell dimensions. So it's always right. wonder like, what was that a hell dimension? Was that a particular? Because you know, not not every hell is hell. And so, what is that? You know, even in Marvel comics, there's not hell. There's just another mm-hmm. realm. Because um, Mystifo has one realm, and then his son Blackheart has a realm. Like it's all that. But anyway, that movie was just so much, and how it was affecting everyone, and it was just beautifully made. Right. It's just simple, Prince of Darkness. And that's the concept we have of the devil, the concept we have of what that is. But they flipped it around and, and twisted it to where it was right. something else. And that has been something that's inspired me. One That's been one of the movies that inspired me to want to make something is because of just how they twist that story around. And that's why I tell people all the time, um, when you are creating worlds, you don't have to follow the rules. Right. You don't have to... Greek mythology doesn't have to be what you read. It can be something different. You can add in new people. You can say that Zeus seduced somebody else. You can say Zeus had an affair with a man. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, And that's what I like about it is the way they did that movie. They had you like, wow, so what was coming out? What was that thing that they kept dreaming was coming out of that door? Like, what is that? Um, Right. Because they made, because that, that, if it was Satan, it reminded me of the Satan they used in um, temptation of, The Last Temptation of Christ. Okay. 
because I remember Satan was kind of a woman, like a kind of a androgynous character, which I love. That's the only reason why I like that movie is because of Satan. <laughs> that's the only reason. <laughs> I was like, I would only like, I would like find the scenes where Satan was in it, and that's all I would care about. But anyway, that <laughs> that is Prince of Darkness. I, I have so many questions and I'm always like, that is, that is the movie. That is the go-to right. movie. If you're going to do something so simple and you're not going to overdo it, like certain things like supernatural, if you're going to do anything like where you're not going to really overcomplicate the story of the devil and God, that's how you do it. Yeah. I, I um, recently saw Prince of Darkness again and Again, that's one of, another one of those movies that you see come on, like on late night TV or something like that, and you always catch like in the middle. But I did end up seeing it one time from the beginning to the end, but it was more on the lines of like I was just watching it to watching it. But mm-hmm. then recently, I just sat down because I went through this whole John Carpenter kick, which started with um, In the Mouth of um, Madness, and I noticed that um, they were saying like, "Oh, In the Mouth of Madness is the conclusion to his Apocalypse trilogy." And I'm like, oh, what's the other two movies? And they said The Thing and Prince of Darkness. I said, I've seen them too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, of course, I'm not, oh, everybody, everybody's seen The Thing and Prince of Darkness. But it was just like, go back and just watch Prince of Darkness. I said, well, it was kind of apocalyptic. And you think about it, The Thing was kind of apocalyptic too. But The Thing was contained. Prince of Darkness was sort of contained. and um, But at the same time, uh it still kind of like affected everything around the area, but the whole taking the religion and adding in mathematics or um, and science. Yeah. Now some people would like say, well, you know, it, it wasn't a simple story. It was complicated, but no, it really was simple. Mm-hmm. People are making it, making it complicated. You know, because none of the people in the movie had the answers. They were really just producing questions. They was telling, like, they weren't telling the audience how to think. They were just telling, like, there's so many ways that this can be explained. Mm-hmm. But while this is going down, or while we're talking about this other crazy shit is going down. So, and I noticed that the transmission was saying that, uh, they sent the image that they was watching was coming from the future. Mm-hmm. And you notice that the image changed at the end of the movie and the person coming through the thing was it, because the course of the action of the movie, the person at the end of the movie changed. Mm-hmm. And so when the guy woke up at the end and he reached for the mirror, it was like, okay, like what's going on? Like, did they stop it? But I, it just it, it it leaves you answering more. It leaves you asking more questions than answering. Yeah. And there was this video on YouTube. I'm gonna send it to you where this guy pretty much broke down uh, the Prince of Darkness in ways that I had I have watched the movie mm-hmm. two times, two or three times in the recent you know recently, just trying to like you know try to find like did I miss something early on. Mm-hmm. And he broke this shit down to the T. And I was like, wow, I did not think about that. And so, but it's, he still didn't have like a conclusive answer as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's a movie that makes you think 
but it's also a movie that makes your skin crawl because again, it was kind of like a hopeless situation. Like you can't go outside. The people inside are turned into these these little zombie type things, and they're shooting liquid at you. If this shit hits just hits you, you're fucked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're automatically dead. And so it's just like time is running out, and it was just like you said, like it, it, the ending of the Prince of Darkness reminded me of the ending of the fall. You know, where everything was just like chaotic. Mm. And people are running and trying to like dodge and not get caught or get stabbed or something like that. And then it was just it was just it just it's not, it's another great John Carpenter ending. Yeah. That leaves you chilled. I thought I got really into it one night and I was thinking that when we kept seeing the woman at the end, I was like, this is Persephone. She's hmm. now. She's trapped there in the underworld. That's who she is now. She, her sec, that's her thing. But she's also the one. But she also, I looked at her as Persephone, but I looked at her as maybe the Christ-like figure because she's the one who saved them all. Right. By her sacrifice. The same way Christ did. So as I was like, she could be that figure. Um, oh my God. I just love it so much because again, it was just, right. it just, it kept my attention. I again, I just watch it for no reason. When Shutter brought it back one, like a few months ago, I was like, "Oh, thank you, Craig." <laughs> uh, I think I even tweeted it. I was like, "Thank you, Craig," because I've been thinking about this movie. Because Amazon Prime will have these movies, and you have to pay like three dollars, three ninety nine to see it. But I was like, you know what? I mean, you, that's nothing. But at the same time, I was like, it's right here. It's free because I'm paying right. seven dollars a month already for. <laughs> for right. That, so. I'm like, yeah, I got it. So I, I love it. All right. So, what is or what is your fifth movie? Um, Candyman. Um, <laughs> and I know I, so, I hate like you know ranking my movies. I mean, yeah. but this has been fun. This has been fun. I'm just saying because you know, like, you know, I I had another one, but. I, we just talked about it already. So, but Candyman, it's like every time, that's another one of those movies, every time you watch it, you pick something new up. Mm-hmm. And I've seen Candyman so many times and it still chills me to the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, again, here's something about all these movies we talked about tonight. Uh, when you watch them at certain different, when you watch the movies at certain periods in your life, mm-hmm. they have new meaning. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when you, when you first see it when you're a kid, or when you first you see it again multiple times when you're a teenager and you're a young adult, and then when you're, you're an adult, it's like they, 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 the movie reveals something new to you during each of those mm-hmm. time periods, each of those eras. And... Candyman back in the day when I first saw it was just a straight up horror movie. It's about this dude with a hook and he comes in through the mirror and you call his name five times and you know that was pretty much it when I first saw it. But as you get older, the layers start presenting themselves because you're getting um, educated about the world around you. So it got to the point where now I look at Candyman. You, you know, there's been plenty of articles written about it. There's been plenty of um, dissertations written because 
Candyman, I didn't know what gentrification was, you know what I'm saying, when I was a kid. Now I do. Mm-hmm. And the whole scene with Helen explaining to um, Jesus, um, Casey Lemon's character, Bernadette, about how the apartments that they are staying in are the same model as the apartments in Cabrini Green. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just the fact, and they didn't, they didn't say the word gentrification, but that's pretty much what it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, they didn't want to have all these people. Um, they, they didn't want to, they, they were pretty much trying to like get, use the same model, but not, but take the same model and put it somewhere else because they were like, you know, we don't want to leave these in the ghetto and stuff like that. We want to like a decent skyline and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, they were talking about gentrification. And then um, another layer of it was, you know, I guess you would say white privilege yeah. because Helen didn't believe any of the, like, the legends and stuff like that. She felt like she could go and just prove that, okay, well, this is not real and stuff like this. I'm going to walk my ass into this heavily, um, you know, uh, yeah. game. I'm just gonna go in here and just take these pictures and just prove uh, like th- th- that this legend is not true. This stuff like that, and it's kind of like when you are when your white privilege oversteps its boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> but then, <clears throat> excuse me. But then on top of that, the movie you know switches and you realize that she's a reincarnated version of Candyman's um, mm-hmm. lover. Like she she he died because of her technically you know what i'm saying and it's just a tragic story and it it just when you come when you revisit it every time you always pick something up and especially in today's social climate it's more it's picking up more steam with a lot of film historians and a lot of critics and a lot of fans so i feel like the new one that's coming out this fall mm-hmm. is going to be um, just as important. Yeah. Just as... Um, Deep in a lot of ways, too. Right, right. Because you're going to have, like, you got the 1990s um, version of Cabrini Green Chicago, and you're going to have, like, the 2000, the two, the actual... Mm-hmm. Um, 2020 version of Cabrini Green, which is actually gentrified right now. It has they, my cousin who stays in Chicago, and you've been to Chicago, of course, and she said that Cabrini Green was not nothing like it was in the movie nowadays. She says like a lot of like rich, you know, like RC people stay in the area and stuff. So, because she was always telling me because she was raising, she was raised in Chicago, and she was telling me that you know when I was watching. When I saw Candyman, she said she'd be more. She was more scared of Cabrini Green than she was of Candyman, mm. because she said it was just a, it was just that dangerous over there. So, but so she was like, you know, hey, Candyman, whatever, <laughs> Cabrini Green, child, not going over there. But now she says it's like completely different, and so I'm inter- I'm interested to see how they're going to do the. Um, I call it the, the third movie because I don't even count the damn Day of the Dead Candyman movie. I was like, that was just, that pissed me off for reasons why I'm not going to get into tonight. But um, I, the original Candyman is just beautiful. The soundtrack, the acting, 
the direction, everything fell into place with that movie and I just love it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful movie. I, I mean, I just, I, I can't find the right word for it. It's just, it's just amazing. And you were right. Clive Barker, he, he, his horror is always tragic. It's never right. clean cut. And, you know, when Helen comes back as, as a, I guess, a, I don't know, a dark saint, um, it was like, it makes sense because she's now with him, but now she is continuing. But I remember, I, I watched it like not too long ago and that's when he was like, I'm done. But now this is mm-hmm. you. This is for you. Now this is your turn. So it was like that his spirit rests once she became the, the new legend. Yes. Yeah. She became the legend. He was able to rest. Because I know people used to like always oh, doing this all with this white woman. But now looking back, I'm like, no, it's not that simple. It's right? not. Back. I mean, of course he loved her and he died because of her. And that's an unrest spirit feeling. Um, I, I'm speaking like I'm some damn ghostologist, but it's just like <laughs> he knew he was coming back, but he was making her into this thing. And you begin to see that she was, I felt that she was going to come back as something because of when she went back to the apartment and that girl was paying. I love that when she goes in there and she was like, what are you like? What are you doing? That girl just starts crying again. Because she knew, because she knew she was in the wrong. Yes. It was like, girl, y'all didn't even wait. Y'all didn't, I mean, y'all didn't wait. It was just the fact that, you know, her world was ripped up under her, like her privilege was taken from her. Yeah. That's what Candyman pretty much did yeah. to her. He, he snatched her privilege from her. And so she... Yeah. That's and so, and, and look where she went. Look, look, look where she went back to. Yeah. She could have just sat there and just ran off and did anything, but I guess she felt like, I have, like, this... I want to stop this 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 creature or this 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 monster from you know but it's like girl look what you went back to though to do that you went back to the place where you kind of like stepped that boundary and so you overstepped that boundary and she became a saint because you look at okay look at who all came and actually really was there for her when she died yeah their whole cabrini green community came and was like you know thank you and the people who like that funeral scene fucks me up for several reasons. I'm like, okay, you mean to tell me that Helen didn't have any family? Yeah. She didn't have any friends outside of Bernadette. Yeah, that was that was yeah, it was very telling. It was like she lost everything. Right. No, it was that it wasn't that one friend that was that crazy enough to support. It was none of that. And yeah, you're right. When she went back, but I'm still always questioning. What was the baby? What was the point of why Candyman was doing it to the baby? Like I was like, what was the point of that? That will always be something I, I really want to deep dive into. Like, what was the this? What was the meaning of the child? And because he protected the child uh, when he, but, he had a child, so I was like, he, he had a child, feeding it blood. But it makes me think about: Is this child who Yaya is? He, yeah, they say that in the trailer. They say that in the trailer. Uh, he is that child. Because like she said with um, Anna Marie, uh, Vanessa Williams, when she said he must have had some type of plan for you. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, he took you. Know, she, she said because um, I've 
and that's why I oh my god. <laughs> it's just I can talk about this all night. Nia Costa and Jordan Peele took something that a lot of people overlooked mm-hmm. when it came to the original movie and took that plot point and they're expanding upon it. And this is this just goes to show you like people like you, me, and people who really have watched these movies and study them and sit there and can like take something that people would be like, oh, that was unnecessary. But no, it was something there. He took that child. He could have murdered that child. You know what I'm saying? Because I think they said one of the legends in the movie was that he killed the babysitter and he killed the baby. You know what I'm saying? And so he could have killed Anthony, baby Anthony, but he didn't. And he probably knew that he was going to die mm-hmm. and that he needed to be reincarnated into somebody else. And so that's what I that's why I think baby Anthony comes in it. Because he fed he the blood. I remember that. I was like Right. He was like, you know, it was just like nobody paid any attention to that except for Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta. It was just like Oh my God. So when, I'm not going to lie, when Miss Rona came and fucked up, because we're supposed to go see this movie like next weekend. Yeah. This movie's supposed to drop next weekend, and Miss Rona came and fucked it up. And I'm like, girl, you need to get your shit together because I, I'm mad as hell about that. Like, I was supposed to be watching Katie Man right now. Like, I had took, I had put days in and everything, big. I'm serious. I no, put days no, in. Because, again, where I live, and this is a universal movie. So, right. I live a mile from Universal Studios. Okay. So when they, anything that pops up down the street, the billboards, they, they, the billboards are big and huge. So they did have one of the, they did have a billboard up for it. Um, and I remember I was like, I was driving over, I was driving over there because you can drive through the hills to the city. And I was like, oh my God, it's coming. And um, I have mm-hmm. friends and stuff who work at Universal. Well, we can go. We actually can go into Universal and watch the movie because we went. We went to Universal to watch um, Black Christmas, which okay. <laughs> but we, but yeah, it's like we can go. I've been over in those studios again. It's just a mile for me, and so um, we. I I was just like hyped because that and Quietus is kept. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. I know, I know where Monkey Paw is. I won't really get into why I know. Oh my god! It's right over there too. But um, oh. so I was like, oh my goodness! I was like, it's gonna be something. Everybody I know, it's hype. We're all ready for it. Right. I right. watched the trailer way too many times. <laughs> of course, you know, y'all, y'all. I'm gonna watch it for y'all. I mean, I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah, if y'all don't know about y'all, y'all. Y'all need to get with the program, like for real. Together, because that's a fine-ass man. Get Watchmen. Y'all need to go watch Watchmen. Let me tell you the audacity of him. So when we knew it was him and Watchmen, <laughs> did y'all see that when he, he, he posted on his, um, I think he did it on both Instagram and Twitter, that he was just sitting in the backseat of a car just laughing. I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? And, how dare you? <laughs> you have to show us the front and the back. I was like, you know what? You because I was at work. We, I could watch it at work, and 
I know there's everybody was on Twitter talking about about like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay attention to what y'all talking about because I, I ain't seen it yet. So I watched it. I was watching it at work, and when this scene popped up, when I saw the ass, I was like, "God damn, this motherfucker ass is fat!" And then they showed their front, and I damn near jumped out my damn seat. <laughs> and then one of my female friends from work, she texted me, "Said, did you just see?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> Everybody saw. We were all sitting there. I was like, "This is too much." I was like, "Okay, y'all, y'all, you making sure that you get up. You are in the ranks of Idris. Like, you making sure that you like, hey, Idris, I'm up there with you yeah. when it comes to desirability." I'm like, "You are," because yes. I never forget when. Just side note, I never forget when I saw Idris um, and Luther. He was there's a shower scene. I was like, "No, yeah. you don't do this to me. I'm not." Yeah. Sir, yeah. no, I agree with you. Candyman, Candyman was a, and I think in Clive Barker's story, it didn't, it didn't take place in Caprini Green. I no, it was in London, in uh, in a flat in London, and of course, Candyman was just like weird looking um, white dude. Um, and it was, it was, um, the short story is called The Forbidden. I'm not gonna lie, I read it once. Um, I need to find what I thought I had the collection that it was in, but I don't. Um, I want to read it again, yeah. But I know that, but I, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think, um, Bernard Rose. Talk to Clyde Bark. I think they said I, I'm not. If I, um, somebody might correct me um, if I'm wrong, but I think that Bernard Rose came up with the idea to make Candyman black and to set it in the Cabrini Green. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I can't remember what Clyde Barker's response was to that. I don't think he really had like a like, no no no. It was just the more long lines of like. I guess it made it more tragic, and I think they even said this supposed to be a sequel that was supposed to have been they had some sequel ideas for Candyman that didn't make any sense whatsoever. Um one of them had Bernard Rose's sequel idea was gonna be that it was gonna take place in like uh partially in the past and in the present with the Jack the Ripper or something like that. I don't know. But it was it was kind of like uh Weird, and so the studio was like, "No, we don't want this." So they went with the other directors to do Candyman, uh, Farewell to the Flesh, which I actually love um, because of the setting in New Orleans and the fact that they went and traced it was fam- it was his family. They went back and traced, but when they got to the third one, I was like, um, "Nah, I'm not gonna accept this." Um, so, but I think that. Or, uh, I think that uh, Clive Barker's original story was just as creepy as this one, but it was more along the lines of, you know, somebody dipping their nose into somewhere they don't need to be, and they got, you know, they got their, actually they just deserved, but they got, you know, what they were looking for. Yeah. You know, so. All right, well, wow. We, we, we that was a lot. I I, I want to close this out with, we'll pick out uh, our deep cuts. 
you know, maybe one or two deep cuts of movies that people may not even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, won't really go in detail, but we'll just give you like, you know, these are ones that you, you know, they're cult classics, they've been around, they're always around. So I'll ask you, what what is your, what? Wait, name one or two deep cuts you think people should check out? That they've been I think, I think one. Of, I think we're gonna share a deep cut. We're gonna share a deep cut. I already know it. Okay. I think you know what it is. All right. Killer party. <laughs> yes. Killer party. <laughs> Killer party. Yes. Killer, Killer party. party. Yes. Again, yes. just looked at this what a week ago, whatever. I'm surprised they haven't took down the little video clip I put on IG. <laughs> I don't, uh, they've, been, they've been quick to take down clips these days. But um, that watching it again, it's actually fast. I didn't realize how fast. Right. But looking right. at it again, I will, there's parts of me that's like, y'all could have cut the first 15 minutes out. I, I still don't know why we had all that. But <laughs> I really don't. I'm like, OK, it's a music video. I, OK. But It was crazy. But everything else was fascinating because it was, it's Killer Party is a Buffy episode. Right, right. It was a lost episode of season four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it could have easily been, because in some way I remember in Buffy, I think it was season two when they, uh, Angel and Buffy was possessed by the ghosts of the two people who killed each other, two lovers. Yeah. And yeah. it could have been the same thing. They could have went to a party, Willow or somebody got possessed, and they had to, you know, figure out how to get them to save them at the end. But this movie was just, again, unique. Right. You didn't know. When I first saw it, I remember I first saw it on HBO. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where we were going because, you know, you had the first 15 minutes, it's this weird funeral scene slash video whatever. And I was like, okay, what am I watching? And then I remember when um, Phoebe, and I've seen her in other things. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm familiar with her. I know who she is. Um, And in there, then we got into the school, the college. And these are things that would never happen. Like that scene where they were like, the bees. I'm like, do we know how dangerous all that really was? I'm like, that right. is very dangerous because one of those girls could have been allergic to bees. Right, exactly. And died just like what's what's his name, Colin McCulkin and my girl. Well, anyway, I was yeah. like, <laughs> looking back at, it, I was like, don't they? I was like thinking like today that fraternity would have been expelled. Like I'm like right. thinking because I, I work in higher education, so I would have been probably sitting in a room deciding if this if this fraternity was kicked off. Um, so I, I was laughing about that, but it was just the fact that so much was happening in it. Um, the fact that someone was killed 20 years ago by a mistake. Mm-hmm. But then it was something I did not even catch until I saw, I watched it twice that weekend. Don't ask uh-huh. me. The second time I watched it, even though it was like the 100th time somewhere, I'd never caught that she was talking about that guy about like the rumors about the house. I uh-huh. never caught that. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, she's talking about the house. Like he was conjuring up demons in this house and people will come in and she said, it's been none of people coming in and they just had never been seen again. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, really? 
So I never caught that until the second time I watched it recently. And I, 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 I noticed it. Uh, that's the thing I noticed. I, I noticed it because I was like, where did this damn dude come from? And did, didn't they vandalize like his grave or something like that? No, no they, um, not yet. It was more of, they were just in the house. Okay. I looked at it like that was his house because he's, when, you know, he says, my house. But yeah. it was more of like they were back in there and they stirred it up. And I was like thinking, okay. I was like, he's mad because they disrespected that, you know, his death. They think mm -hmm. it's party. Of course he's going to come back. And of course he chooses the one who had the doubt. And I was like, that makes sense. You would choose the one who has the doubt about being in this house. Um, and I remember when she had that the rolling eye moment, and I was like, wait, something's wrong with her. But the interesting thing was she could have been like just crazy. It had nothing to do with that. Like it could have been just so many things. Um, but I loved how, I loved, I loved it. I, don't, I know we won't get into it, but it was, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved ending. The Phoebe, Phoebe to me was the role. Yes. Yes. She made you feel like the way she was like when stuff was revealed, she was like, oh, oh, like it was like, I can't believe what is happening. You know, was, exactly. Cause she was at a have fun and she was like, I came here for a damn party and all these motherfuckers is dead. And I was trying to <laughs> She was like, I I got the hot man and we kissing and everything and I'm having a great time tonight. And all of a sudden, all that stuff was happening. Um, I will say, um, I forgot the main girl's name. Vivian? Vivian? Yeah, when she was killed, I felt that death. Mm -hmm. She stabbed that thing at her, and the way she screamed, I was like, I felt that. I was like, I felt that. Like, that was not like a, it was like, it was like, yeah, I felt that. But I kind of felt sad because, you know, we, we see possession movies and there's always a way out. But there was no, I mean, they were just regular people. How do they know how to get rid of a demon? You know, this is not Constantine. And so I was like thinking, yeah. they don't know what to do. I mean, that was the only choice. Death was the choice. So I remember I was, I saw, I, somebody was talking about it. I was like, they didn't have to kill her. I was like, y'all have to remember, this is not Willow and Buffy and Constantine yeah. or the, uh, the, what you call it, brothers from Supernatural. Nobody knows how to get rid or exercise a demon. Right. So think about it. If that right. was one of us, what we are going to do? I'm an atheist, and you know, I'm like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, how are we going to be able to handle that? Because we wouldn't know what to do. We don't know spells like that. Exactly. So we, we probably would have resorted to like we had to kill them because <laughs> what we going to do? Um, exactly. But exactly. I love that scene when when it took over Phoebe. And the way Phoebe was talking, like, you shouldn't, you serve something in this house. I was like, I remember sitting there the first time I watched it. I was like, oh, crap, it's Phoebe now. Because she was like, you shouldn't serve something in that house. And when she turned her head back, mm -hmm. they're coming for you. Um, and I, then I love that. I love the ending because you, you don't know. You don't know what Yeah, happened. that's another ending that always chilled me to the bone because when she rolled... I get the days mixed up. Jennifer's the main girl. It's the um, Vivia. It's the uh, one who was rolling, who's uh, the class clown. And she was rolling the damn thing. She was like, 
don't leave me in here with her. And yeah. and Phoebe looking at her like, I for the fuck your ass. <laughs> like, yeah, look at her face. Uh, I've heard, I've heard that once they left the grounds, he couldn't do anything else. Oh. And I was like, really? I was, I was like, every time he possessed her, it was when they was in the house. And it, that makes sense because all the murders took place. There was not no, there wasn't a murder in like another part of the campus. Everything yeah. took place in that house. Okay, that okay, that calms my nerves. That calms my nerves. Because okay, he cool. do anything, and, and and again, you know us, we're freaks, so we we know about some sense of demonology. Like it has a it has a span of where it can be. Like Amityville, it can only right only happen in the house. It can only happen there. I mean, there are effects outside of it, but it really couldn't do much more after that. So I was like, okay, that. So, what is your other deep cut? Demons. Um, I still haven't watched all. I couldn't watch all of it. Okay, you can. You didn't watch all the way through. No, I, it was just. I don't know what it was. It was too much. Be honest. Be honest. Be honest. Be honest. Be honest. I. I, I don't like the dubbing. Maybe that was okay. Off, but I guess the part of me was like, this is they doing the most with this. Yeah. Now imagine being, because uh, I don't know, and you know where we're from, Vic. Mm-hmm. It's very like Christian, Bible based, and all this stuff like that. I don't know how in the hell this ended up on WPT Watch um, Memphis uh, Creature Feature. <laughs> I was like, how the hell did this end up on TV late at night? On, not on like HBO or Showtime or Cinema. This was on local network television at about like 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. And I was in the bed with my parents and my mom because my dad was out. And I remember my mom was sitting there again laughing at these demon transformations while I'm over here being traumatized. <laughs> I'm like, this woman's entire head was ripped off her head. Like her scalp was ripped. And then when the, um, the main, when the main demon, um, when she starts to change, it was like, Dude, this shit haunted me for years. So, um, and it's like you have to have a taste for something like demons. It's another one of those movies where it's just you just roll with it, but if you just ain't got the time for it, I understand. Yeah. But yeah. Still my two deep cuts. But yeah, demons is just um oh Jesus. That's on Shudder. Go watch it. Both the first one and the second one is on there. Go watch them if y'all feel like. I might give it another try. All right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, since I we we share one, well, I'm gonna throw in two real quick. Tourist Trap will always because yes. that threw me off because it was that was a creative situation and I made a joke. I was like, if you, I said you can take that plot and that could have been New Mutants because it could have <laughs> been these kids like they because it could have been an episode or a moment when the New Mutants were like, oh, we're gonna go. To New York City this weekend because you know where they live. They lived outside of New York, and so mm-hmm. they could have like, oh, we went to this tourist trap on our way. Because again, living in upstate New York, there are a lot of little towns that you have to go through before you can get to the city. So I was like, okay, okay. upstate New York, you can go and you. Can, I get it, and I, and I was like, what if they met? Because they met basically, they were fighting a mute. They fighting a man who had right. psychic powers of. And his powers were, I, we will, I will argue with people that I was like, he was a, 
a mega level mute because <laughs> he was animating mannequins. But I said the true sense of his power was when he that one man wasn't even real. Like he wasn't. He got a hold of him, and basically he was a man. Like he took him apart. And right. That will always freak me out. I'm like, what? How? What is the extent of your power? Because. I thought this man was just okay until he was like, oh, let me just take your arm off. And I was like, when did he get you? Like, when did he get you like this? Right. And so- How did you find the time? (laughs) It happened, but it made me really think about um, Twilight Zone, the little boy. Oh, I can understand his Because I always tell people, like, if you watch Twilight Zone, the movie, and you watch that particular one, I said, um, if you, because I remember somebody said, what is Franklin Richards? You know, the son of Sue and Reed Richards from Fantastic Four. And I was like, what does he do? Like, what is he? Right. I was like, he's basically, I said, have you seen Twilight, movie, Twilight on the movie? I was like, yeah, he's a little boy. He can warp reality. That's what he can do. That's him. And I was like, mm. okay. Back then, I used to, to understand who the mutants were, I had to equate them like, that's him. Carrie is Jean Grey. Okay. Um, so that's one of my deep cuts. I, I enjoy it. Um, my other one, see, I can, I, I, I lied, but I, Black Christmas will always be. Yes. I first, yes, when I was in grad school, we had, they was doing movies every Friday, Friday and Saturday. And one of the movies was Black Christmas, and I didn't know what to expect. So I'm like, I'm going to go and see it. It was me and, like, six other people. Uh, and I remember somebody was shocked to see me. They was like, I didn't think you even like horror movies. I was like, I like What? Again, I, I, it must have been the persona I was giving off in college. But I went in to watch it, and I remember sitting there like, what is this man just sneaks in the, in the house? Right. And at the time, we, my mom, my mom, uh, we had a house like that. That was our second home. That same size, almost the same make. And I hated, I hate big houses because I don't like to be in them alone. Uh We had five bedrooms. And I would never forget the night that the power went out in Union City. I was alone in the house. Um, My stepfather was in the hospital. My mom was there. My sisters were staying with some friends. So I was in the house by myself. And I freaked out because I'm like, I have to check all these rooms because I don't want to sit in this house. Right. It's dark. I I sat in the diner until like four in the morning. I don't blame you. Until the lights came back up because I can't sit in the house. but anyway, um, that movie freaked me out because of yes. how Billy was doing these voices and also the fact he was upstairs the entire time. And right. the way he would just come down and just, just, just casually, cavalier, waltz around his house killing people, blah, blah, and go right back up there to the attic. There's a body up in the attic. There's two bodies in the attic now. It was just like, okay. Um, and they're just chilling in the house. But all the other stuff was happening outside of that. Like, the fact that he killed some girl. And to this day, 
I can't remember. Somebody said, but we don't know if he was the one who killed the girl, the little girl outside. I was like, we don't know. Because mm-hmm. we, or did he kill her and then go to the house? Um, what I loved about Black Christmas is we don't know where he came from. We have no right. idea where he came from. And I always think that was the smartest thing. The best movies like that is when we don't know anything about the killer and we don't know what was the motivation. We know nothing. Um, right. And right. I love that so much. And I love that at the end, we still don't know. That shit still scares me to this day, Victor. I watched Black Christmas on the show the other day. And that ending, it just always does something to me because you hear the phone ring. Mm-hmm. Then you hear, you, you know she's in the house by herself. I don't understand why they did not take her to a fucking hospital. I was like, you, y'all, I said the Canadian cops was on their shit until that moment right there. And then when they walked out and left her in the house by herself and that damn attic door opened and they panned out from, and didn't even find the other two bodies in the house. I'm like, y'all didn't search the house? Yeah, we can still, if you look in the window, like that freaks me out. Like you, if you, it was like, if you just casually walk by and you just happen to look up and you just wait, wait, you see something like, what is, like you will see, like what is that? That's a face with a bag. Or like you'll be like, okay, but it was the fact that he just put that right there in the window, in the window, boldly. And and, oh, God. So, and I, just... I did hear about uh, maybe you heard this too. There was an idea for a sequel where she was pregnant, but we didn't know if it was Billy' child or it was somebody else. I, I remember wow. that. Wow. They were saying like he, I got, I can't remember where I saw that, but there was supposed to be something where she was going, she was survived, but there was this thing about the child, um, and about Billy wanted a child, but just because of the fact of Billy's history. What I did appreciate about the second Black Christmas, they try to give us a backstory, but I was like, y'all doing way too much. I remember sitting there like, this is a lot. Y'all could just not. You could have not even done this movie. I was mm-hmm. like, but I appreciate it. It's funny how it's like, I appreciate it now, but it was still too much. Because like when we like, <laughs> the hospital said like this, y'all could have left this out. I remember like y'all could have left this whole thing out. And the third Black Christmas, child. Okay, that's a, that's a Buffy. That that is um, that's a Buffy. That was episode. a that was a straight up Buffy episode. And my issue with that movie was, I said, this is a good movie. It was not, it did not need to be called Black Christmas. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I I was pissed off because at least the remake was just a fun, the people, they, I think the third Black Christmas uh, elevated the popularity for the second one. Yeah. Because it was like at least the second one kept it. It the second was more along like a parody of the original movie. Yeah, but the third movie was like we're gonna make it serious. We're gonna do. I said yeah, but you didn't have to call this Black Christmas. That's what we kept saying. We were like, we sat there at the studio. Uh, I have the poster. They was giving out the posters, and I have it. I just took it. 
Uh, I think it's still in the back seat. It's been in the back seat of my car since December. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I remember sitting there and I was like, we did not need this. And there was a was there an episode on Buffy where it was like her and Cordelia was right, some, and it was like these fret they were they fret boys. They did something like she was like she went and, and thank Angel. She's like, oh, you saved us. And then she said, and you, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go to hell right. like that. And I was like, that's a Buffy episode. Like this was literally a Buffy, a Buffy episode, basically. I was just like, wow. Um, right, right. I mean, I appreciate what the movie was, but at the same time, like, you didn't have to call this Black Christmas. This could have been um, Fall Break, or this could have been something where it was like, okay. Something. But it was, I guess it was like an empowerment, movie empowerment, women empowerment. I can't even talk to that. Yeah. And I was like, that's fine too. That's totally fine. But it didn't need to be Black Christmas. So that's, that was my beginning. I would love to have a conversation about Bloomhouse and how I feel like, while I love Bloomhouse, mm-hmm. sometimes I look at Bloomhouse like I look at Nicki Minaj. When you were the only one on the block for a long time, you get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. The minute you get, you know, a Rico, uh, Rico Nasty or Cardi B or what have you, that's when you begin to see, like, oh, we got other options. Mm-hmm. I am waiting for the studio to come out and be like, all right, we got horror too. I'm waiting because I'm like, I, I need something new. And that's why I think after Black Christmas and Fantasy Island, I was like, y'all need to take a break. Take mm-hmm. a break. Because everything you've given us, because they, they, they will use the same actors in a lot of their movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, True for Dare. I like the other version versus the Bloomhouse version. <laughs> okay, so you did see the other version. Okay, yeah. cool. And I like that one more. Right. Because um, that was a little bit more alluring. I, the Blue Mouse version was too much. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, you know, like, okay, this this Mexican entity, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. I was like, okay. So, because I remember my friend was like, isn't there a true, isn't there a true for there already out on sci-fi? I'm like, yeah. So I need to know what that story was. Because, you know, they say Bloom House true for there and then there's the true for there right. uh, but i do think and then you know some of the into the dark was like okay i need to take a break. <laughs> there's a lot of those that have the same exact plot almost mm-hmm. and most of them was like you know um killer like this slashers like i think the one with the uh the school spirit one oh, uh, it was another. There was another. The um, Midnight Kiss one. I think those are like slashers. Yeah, they seem like they're the same story. I haven't seen all Midnight Kiss, but I'm like, it seemed like it's okay. You got a mass killer around killing people. Then the one, um, New Year, New You. I actually like that one, and then I actually like uh, Pure. And I yeah. like Pure was okay, but I feel like it could have been done better. Right, right. I mean, yeah, it's like. It was unnerving me watching the watching period because I was watching it and I'm like, okay, I'm getting mad. <laughs> and I think that's what the goal was, like to make everybody watch it like mad. Like, yeah. why are these? This is 
creepy as fuck. Like, why y'all out here in the middle of the goddamn, like, no, middle of nowhere with your daughters and you all look perverted as hell? I mean, it's just like, it just made me unnerved. It, it made me uneasy watching it. Until when, when she sat there and channeled Lilith, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's why I feel like we were getting off. I was like, how did Lilith come in this? I was like, right. we even get to where we get? Was, that's why I was like, this is where I have the issues. Midnight Kiss, I know the person who did it. So that's why I'm always like, okay. Um, mm-hmm. I will be honest. Now, I was on a horror panel. My, my, my friend, uh, Michael Garotti, did, we, we, he does a horror panel um, at Comic-Con every year. And I was on that. And I remember saying, I despise movies like this because I don't think that any movie, to me, if it's a queer movie, we can leave the trappings out. You know, I'm, I'm channeling Regine here where she always like, this is all what she was, remember she was in Friday Night 2, she talked about like, it's without all the trappings. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we can do, we can do a queer horror without the trappings. We don't have to be in a club. We don't have to have sex all the way in it. We don't have to do all of those things that make it queer. The same mm-hmm. way you don't have to nigger up a black horror movie like right. Thriller, but we're not going to talk about Thriller. Ooh, why you bring that up? Why you bring that up? Why you bring that up? That hurt my feelings. <laughs> Hello? Guys, let me... We are, you know, now I don't care. We, we're, we're doing good. I, again, when it comes to queer horror movies, I want to make one. Mm-hmm. I, my goal is to get what I would. That's why I, I was going to send that to you. I must still do that. I want, you just give me, like us. Us had a black family, but it wasn't like hood. It was just right. a black family. It just happened to be in this mix. You can give us a queer horror movie that just have queer characters in it and we ain't got to go into the leather bar. We ain't got to go into the Avalon like we are watching Queer as Folk. We ain't got to do none of that. We can just, they happen to be queer and somebody's after them. Uh, mm-hmm. Midnight Kiss was interesting. I'm not gonna, it wasn't bad, but it was just too much of the trappings. It's in Palm Springs, gay club, back room it was like okay um and you know we got it we got it you know if if, if the person asked me what i thought i'd probably say the same thing like uh i so you remember what i said cause we were both from the same panel so that's kind of funny so you remember what i said on that panel i said i didn't like movies like this mm-hmm. but um thriller i was hurt child because i was looking forward to thriller I was like, it's on Netflix. Because, you know, they hyped it up. And I was like, okay, black horror. Supposed to be like a black scream-ish type of thing. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, all right, I'm ready for it. It came on, I think it was like a Thursday night. I was like, okay, it's 9 o'clock. It's time. I've watched all the news, everything. Scandal is a rerun. Not Scandal. Oh, somebody was a rerun. I think Scandal was still on at the time. Let's, let's go. Mm-hmm. I was like, y'all can give me $500,000. I will give you a movie with Black folks. Pay me. Please, what do I have to do? Please, 
Just let me be in the room. Let me just get the concepts. I ain't got to write it. Just let me just sit down and give the concepts because I'm just like, I saw that and I felt insulted. Right, 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 right. I was so <laughs> excited for it. And I was like, I remember when the trailer came out. Let me tell you when the trailer came out. They said a Bloomhouse production. And I sat there inside the trailer. I said, who sat there loud and this is a Bloomhouse production? <laughs> this is not a Bloomhouse production at all. Like, who sat there and put this on their trailer to sell their damn movie? And then the movie came out. They said, well, I saw the, the press release for it on Bloody Disgusted. I was like, oh, this shit for real? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. They're not going to put this in theaters, are they? And I was like, Maybe this is like, you know, a concept trailer, you know, like they, they just, they say like, this is what the movie's going to be about. We're just shooting a few things and we're going to like redo. They dropped this shit on Netflix and I sat there and watched this shit and I was like, you know that meme of, um, of, um, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta with Eric was like, I was disgusted. Yeah. I- <laughs> I was like, what did I just see? And the thing was, I said, I see what they would try. I said, I'm going to give them props for effort. But it was like, there was three things about this whole time movie that made me mad. One, you got this so-called popular-ass singer who's at the radio station. And you got five chicks outside the radio station shouting like oh my god so i'm like y'all couldn't get no more y'all cousins of folks in the neighborhood to sit there and come out here and make this scene look more believable that's one two the plot line where the girl who had the twin sister she's sitting there in the mirror with like she was sitting there quote like talking to herself as she was talking to her twin sister they completely dropped it off. It's like, why was it even brought in there to begin yeah. with? Yeah, that was like, okay. Like, and then three, y'all really sat there and said this was a Bloomhouse production. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, this. No, I, my I, friend. I, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I. So I, I, first, I was like, I see what y'all doing. Y'all have pieced together a lot of the, uh, again, the trappings of 80s movies. You, he had gave us a little bit of prom night. He gave us a little bit of Superway Camp with that whole weird twin thing. Because, you know, you think about it, a lot of the 80s horror had those weird moments where it was like they would like do something odd or talk to themselves. Or I think a Superway mm-hmm. Camp, you know, how creepy that was when you learned that who Angela really was. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, I, okay, I, uh, okay. But as I was watching it and watching it and watching, it, I was like, this is one of these movies that you would get at Walmart for five dollars. You know, really those DVDs are like, I ain't never seen this movie. Like you'd be like, Screech. I'm like, okay, because it, it was mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> like it was like, and it made it made me mad. It made me mad because it was like. This is my feeling about when white people give you a hand. Some, I feel like they gave this person the opportunity to do this movie to say that, oh, we did a black horror movie. We did it. And that was mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not after you gave us what you've been giving us. And then this, this, mm-hmm. 
You didn't use the same ingredients that you get out of um, Whole Foods. Y'all went to the dollar store and got these ingredients. That's what it felt like. <laughs> I remember just sitting there like, I'm so goddamn mad because, you know, every once in a while, you know, if you have Amazon Prime or even Hulu, they're, you know, they have some, like, Amazon Prime has a bunch of horror movies. And, you know, some of them are trash. No, I'm sorry, y'all. Some, some, some of these movies are just garbage. But some of them are, are, are actually decent. And you're like, oh, that was kind of cute. This just hurt my heart because we don't have, and I was going to mention this to Ashley from Graveyard and the Graveyard Sisters. I was going to ask her, but I, will, I do remember it was roasted on Twitter. Yeah. They roasted, and I was part of that roast, roasted it on Twitter. Because I was sitting there like, what? I mean, people were like, what in the hell is this? And I was like, yes. Why did y'all do this to us? We don't, after... After us, because if you're gonna be a Bloom House, and Bloom House play a little bit of role with, you know, I think us too. Y'all should have been like, "I game is up here. We need to be up here when it comes to this, or they will never trust us anything black again." And then I thought about um, the Mark ones. That um, paranormal activity that was basically uh, a Latinx version of paranormal activity, that was good. And I was like, y'all, that, that had great quality. You could have done that for this. Thriller to me was something that somebody would have made in their freshman year at USC. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was mad at Netflix for that because I was like, Netflix, y'all could have like, I guess because they had that, you know, the deal with Bloomhouse. I guess it was like, maybe somebody was like, girl, I guess. And they just put it up. But I was really upset with that. I'm still upset with that. And I'm a little worried because um, the the next movie that's going to feature a person of color like that is Someone's in Your House, right. uh, which is a book, but it's going to be a Netflix movie. Right. I'm reading the book now and I'm like, how is this going to work? But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's, it's a good story. It's a basic story. And yeah, y'all heard us talk about how we love the simple stories, but at the same time, you know, it's just going to, again, this is going to be something else. Because um, it's been described as a urban, as a small town scream. Like it's been described as another scream. Right. And so, and I, have, and I haven't finished the book yet, so I don't know who the killer is. Uh, Me neither. I, uh, <laughs> you haven't finished the book either? Mm-mm. It's sitting right here. I need to like go back and read to it. It's a, it's a slow read, right? But um, <laughs> but it's it's gonna get there for me. Um, it's interesting how they take on people and murder. How people act about it. And I'm like, oh, it, it, it's very loose how people act about it. So like, right. When people are murdered, we had students who die at the college I worked at, and it's it's a it stops everything. So I was like, that's interesting how it's so nonchalant in the story. But I've witnessed when students die at a college, it stops everything. It's 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 very like like looking back at screen, like the, when those students were dying, I was like, the way they carried that, like it was so lackadaisical. I'm like, really? Yeah. I've been places where where students die, that it it's an impact. It's not like it's an impact. Right. So, yeah. So yeah, I am um, thriller. Mm-mm. 
But you know what, y'all? You can pay me. <laughs> yes. I can just come in. I said, I have five concepts. Let's talk through them. You ain't got to put, you just pay me. I don't have to write it. Just make sure I get a story by Victor T. Kearney. And you can do what you need to do. But I will, but if my name's going to be on it, I want that to be. <laughs> I right. want it good. I want you to remember it and love it. I don't want this to be some, you know, Pastor Pete version of. <laughs> of I was just sitting there. Look, I, I, I look, oh, that hurt my feelings because I was like, "There's so many." Pe-. I mean, it, it's like, and I kind of don't want to just, just completely bash the fuck out of it uh, because I'm like, "There's a black man out there who's like," I, but okay, here's my issue. We black horror is a, a big thing, you know, after Jordan Peele and um Nia DaCosta and all you know the people and um what's up what's another um black horror you know like black black horror in general is popping out the woodwork. You got the horror noir, you know, everything's popping off, but again, I don't want like you said, some half ass movie just to cap it kinda reminds me of when Friday came out. And Friday was a huge success. And it all these I got the hook up. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like black folks sit there and watch anything. No. No. Not anymore. Told, yeah. 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 Cause I told my dad, my dad was like, cause he they was sitting there laughing at a movie called Who Made the Potato Salad? And I was sitting there saying, like, okay, yeah. who came up with that goddamn title for one? I'm not gonna want to watch that. And then my dad was like, "Well, you, because you know, I'm you no know, one. I wanted to uh, make films, and I still do. But my dad was like, well, somebody might look at your movie and be like, you know, I don't want to watch them like that.' I said, "But dad, you got to think about like, you know, I'm not gonna just sit there just make something just to make a make a buck. I want to tell a story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And most people are doing doing this stuff to make a buck, and it shows. Yeah. And there's people out there who are like." really try to do something and you know create something yeah unique and put us on a take us to the next level and we're just sitting there saying but this studio here is like oh we don't want to see that because that's a little bit you know we want something that we we, we want another get out you know what i'm saying but make it more yeah. black you know something like that you know so it's just like uh-huh I, and yeah it, Go ahead. Okay. I, I I want. We deserve the quality, just like the white movies. We we deserve to have that. Watching Horror Noir when I went to that premiere of Horror Noir, uh, it was fascinating because all all the black folks that was in there, mm-hmm. um, but all the fact the fact that if we are given an opportunity, we will give you a story. I look back at Blackula, all that stuff, even though we you can laugh at it now, Sugar Hill, all that type of stuff back then. Right. The fact that there was a story to this day, Abby, the fact that the way Abby was treated. Right. What, it, granted, it didn't have the best, because I looked at some of the scenes, and I get it. But at the same time, the way Abby was treated, the fact that we have, the fact that they actually used Let's, if you were to be honest, <laughs> you look at the exorcist and to know if you knew what Pazuzu was, you will realize Pazuzu was not an evil spirit. That mm. would get me to know that as I've been doing this dive of looking up again, 
African and he's Pazuzu wasn't an evil spirit, so that's why it confuses me. Like, why was Pazuzu chosen when there were other other ones to use? Or like when they always use Papa Legba, he's not mm. the bad one. It's his brother, mm. Kalu, who they don't never talk about. Never. I'm like, but that's the one they should use. He's the dark one. Um, what you call it is neutral. Papa Legba is neutral. That's why when I watched Coven, I was like, why are y'all using Legba? Because he's not. I think the one that actually used Legba in an interesting way was Crossroads. I would never, Crossroads would be always something I would, I love that, the way they use black, I guess you would have devil and all that stuff. But anyway, I just feel like that we deserve good quality horror. And it's right. time that we get that. I'm glad Jordan Peele opened the doors for that. But I wish that studios would be open to let us, because Bloomhouse is running the show. But I think it's time to have other places doing that. Because I, right. I think they run their course. No shade to them. I think they've run their course. Because I'm like, the last slew of movies y'all put out has been like, mm, the happy, happy Death Day. Death Day was cute, the first one. But you, right. we, didn't need a, we didn't need the last two sequels. Um, the fact they keep wanting to go back. Halloween is great, but Halloween is Halloween is Bloomhouse. Mm-hmm. But it's I like that it's more like here's but we are getting other writers. If they are bringing other writers, then I would love for them to start getting more black or people of color doing it because yeah. Um, Black Christmas was written by a woman. Because I remember one day it was like hyping it up. And I remember I even said, like, who's going to write this? Well, a woman write it. And the woman who was writing it actually tweeted me back and said, yeah, actually I am. I'm writing it. I'm the woman. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, okay. I'm in. Because, um, you know, it, it, we were all like, why are y'all doing another one? I was like, another one? Um, uh-huh. But I, I want, I think we deserve to have that quality. It's only fair. Right. And after seeing Thriller, I was just really disappointed. I'm like, we have a t- we have a tier now. You need to be at Jordan's tier, like tier or above, or right close. Uh-huh. You know, I my goal is, I want to be somewhere where you will remember what I made, and you will still talk about it in respect. You won't be like, girl, what was that? Right. You like it won't be like a temptation, <laughs> or it won't be like fall from grace, where somebody's eating pretend food and drinking nothing out of a cup. It will not be that, and I really, <laughs> I really hope. I yeah. I really hope for black horror we get what we deserve, and I really hope that I really want a horror in the world to begin. And maybe it is we just don't know, but I really hope that inspires that the same way that i hope that this gay uh documentary that the people that we know are working on it i hope that inspires Mm -hmm. more i haven't heard much about it again because you know i guess because of rona and it's changed a lot um because i was thinking it was coming out in next month because of pride month right day right um so uh hmm (laughs) I just, I just, uh, 
I'm sadly I'm not as hopeful for black and queer horror films because of what we what has been put on the table. But I right. am hopeful that if they give the right people the opportunity, you will get it. We just gotta keep working at it. Like I said, we gotta keep beating down the doors and stuff. Get the right people in place and stuff. And just, I mean, how can I put it? It's kind of like, you know, when somebody puts some shit out, they, like like we just talked about Thriller, like tell people like, that's not what we want, you know? And when you have your black horror scholars sitting there saying like, what the fuck is this? You know, it's just like, you need to reevaluate what you slapped your head. And I kind of, and I don't know if Blue House, like you, I'm like you, I don't know if Blue House is listening to this though, but it's kind of like, I want to know what deal was made for y'all to sit there like, okay, we're going to distribute this because of, you know, black horror is a big thing now. Yeah. And but, put your name on it. That's why I was like, they put, put your, your name, name on that. On it. Yeah. And y'all know they got to hit all these hits. You know what I'm saying? Y'all create all these franchises. And if y'all would put your name on there, it was kind of was like, I don't know if it was out of pity. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, no, y'all should have been like, look, we see the potential here. We're going to give you a budget to go back and reshoot this because we're not putting our names on this. Mm-hmm. Like, if even Jordan Peele probably looked at him like, I'm not putting Monkey Paul's name on this. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, like, I'm not going to do that until, like, y'all get somebody. Look, here's a couple of, here's a million dollar budget. Do better. You know, and it's not because, and then some people are like, well, you know, they didn't have the, the means, they didn't have the money, or they didn't have this and that. I said, I understand that. I get that. And I get, I mean, it's not even the fact that it's a black thing. It's not because you see a lot of like these direct to like video on demand service movies come out from like white folks all the time and they be horribly acted, horribly like scripted. And you can tell it's like it was like a, a, a project that somebody got bored, like, you know what? Let's do a GoFundMe and go make a movie right quick. Yeah. And they just they just said, we just got to distribute it. We good to go. You know, but it's like, this is Bloomhouse. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, it's Bloomhouse. Y'all could have gave them some money. Y'all were too busy trying to do <laughs> Happy Death Happy Death Day to you. I haven't seen it yet. I actually enjoyed the first one. Y'all trying to do Happy Death Day to you. Get the rights to this, this, and that, and y'all could y'all could spare a million dollars. Hell, I'm gonna be even give it a a one point five million dollar budget. I'm pretty sure that dude could have came up with something better because it was just badly put together. It was yeah. badly put together, and they could have done something similar to a Night of the Demons. It could have been in one house, right? Could have been a house that you know they all heard about. I thought about it one day. I was like, I could do a movie about, yeah, that's a house that everybody talks about. And one night they decide, like, you know, you know, Tawanda and them decide they're gonna go in this house, um, right? And then all hell breaks loose. Yes, we could do all of that. Keep it simple. Everything else, because yeah, we have those things in black life, you know, in black world too. And again, 
when you do a deep dive in, in black folklore and everything else, there's so many things you can play on. Um, play on, right. Slavery, I hate, I hate to use slavery, but there were so many like scary stories they will tell um, back in those days. And you can like just take one of those stories and just say, you know, the stick man or the, like, again, I think we talked about this a lot before, Bear Rabbit and all them, that's, that's based off supernatural stuff about the conjure woman and all that stuff. So I'm like, there's a lot you can do with that. That if people were good, like into it enough and really was believed in, like, I guess it would take somebody to be like, I'm going to put you in it. I'm going to give you the money. We're going to work through it. If Jordan Peele said, you know what, Victor, let's come in here and let's have a conversation. What would you want to do? How do we make mm -hmm. it happen? I would pitch whatever I could to be like, I just want us to have, I want to have a, like a good old fashioned scary movie. It doesn't have to make much sense, but it's enough to where it's like, it's scary. Somebody's after them. Who is it? It's this person. Right. Okay. Just something right. like that. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it's good. You know, because what I like about black folks is we, we already scary. <laughs> like, you know, people say, I ain't watching it. That stuff scares me. It, I think that's what we love. We love that thrill. And if you give us something good to be like scared about, it doesn't have to be in the hood. It can be in Brownsville. It can be in, you know, Mayfield, Kentucky. Like mm -hmm. it can be like, you know, like it's like the stories that we grew up with or just things that we were scared of as kids, we can just go from that. It doesn't have to be set in Compton. I guess another that's the other thing that bothered me. It was like trying to use all of the black stuff and i was like yeah you don't have to do all this like it just can be we don't know the white folks because we get we get them like single moms right they kind of rich they kind of not like you think of scream them hoes were rich the houses they were living in in california yeah. they were rich they were rich didn't have a house like that that's a that's a two point million dollar house so i'm just right. going like these are rich folks but again you can look back at the like old movies you know, again, like Night of the Creeps, even Night, well, not Night of the Creeps, that's, that's a good movie, though. But, you know, Night yeah, of the Creeps, yeah. it was like Judy lives in an apartment with her mama and her twin brother. Um, yeah. Like that, you know, just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. And, again, uh, like, you, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, like the over, it's like you can, there's, there's so many different shades and so many different so many different backgrounds or, or there's so many different ways to be black is what I'm trying to say yes. and you it didn't have to be said and, and the thing is that probably the, the dude probably is the director and the writer was probably from that area and he didn't want to put his hood up and stuff like that I understand it I but it's just like I it just feels it feels like somebody in Again, Bloom House, if y'all put y'all name in, somebody should have been like, well, we don't want to make this stereotypical. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And granted that, like some, like some people even said, like you know, like some of the black, uh, blacks, um, black exploitation horror films back in the day were kind of like you know problematic. But you, you have like movies like uh, Bones and. Um, What's another one that came out? Hell, Get Out, Us, um, 
We had Tales of the Hood at one point. Tales from the Hood. And that was, it was, okay, it was like, the movie's called Tales from the Hood, but it was like, they were, I mean, I would say they were stereotypical. We had two of the stories in that movie that took place with, like, they, they took the shit, they took the horror and flipped it on the white folks. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is us getting back at you. And then the one with the, um, the Alan was a scientist, you know, the one that was that kind of tied everything together, um, yeah. towards the end. That one was like an elevated type of like psychological horror, you know what I'm saying? It was just like you could they could have did something like that. If you just really have to set it in the quote unquote hood, then you know that's fine. But like, I think that we have to get at this mentality of just setting everything that is considered black and urban in the in the quote unquote hood because there's we we're from small country towns there's a lot of horror stories to be told there yeah we're in the bible we we, we, we were raised in the bible bill you know yeah. what i'm saying and there's a lot of horror stories to be told there on that alone then you have a lot of black folks um who are like probably like well off and they could this hard this hard to be told you know what i'm saying it's like as you can see with like us and i think a lot of people shit on us because they're like it didn't make any sense but it was like but i'm pretty sure a lot of people who probably started nightmare on Elm street back in the day or hell phantasm mm-hmm. and i tell people sometimes that y'all said to us did not make any sense but y'all sit there and just glorify the fuck out of phantasm and phantasm is a great movie but it's like it don't, it's, make- uh, it don't make any sense sometimes. It's like a surreal yeah. type movie where you have to like just go with the plot and go with the, you know, so, you know, if, I, I probably, I don't went five different directions just then, but I'm just saying that we have to be very cognizant of where we constantly, if we want to be, um, we got to represent all aspects of the black community yeah. instead of just this one like media driven idea of what the black community is. Because this is where you get people, oh, this ain't black enough and this ain't, it's like, that's where you get this shit from. We can care about this shit and be like, you know, set a movie at a black, set a horror movie at at an HBCU. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Set a horror movie at HBCU and just have like, you know, like, a fraternity or you know a sorority might get somebody might get possessed you know what i'm saying it's it's there's there's different avenues to do a good old-fashioned black horror movie and not be you know just chained down to what the media and entertainment think that black people want to look at all the time and that's my i'm off my soapbox now so <laughs> uh, right, well Y'all, yeah. I, I think this concludes. We can go all day, but this, we're gonna we're gonna conclude here. Um, but Mark, can you tell people where, we, where they can find you. They can find me at. Um, I'm only on Instagram at Marco Estes, or at my other Instagram, which is Midnight Social Distortion. You can find me on either one of those. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my um, handle is at the anti critic. Um, and my blog is midnight social distortion.wix.com. And where else am I located at? That's pretty much it. 
Um, you know, so. And you know where you can find us on Megasheen, so go find us there. We had to change. Um, you'll hear about this a lot more, but we always had to change our Twitter account because, yeah, this is a warning for everybody. Make sure that the phone number you have your Twitter account, if you disconnect that phone or it's no longer in service, they can't see your verification and you're kind of asked out. So be careful. Wow. Um, I put, I believe that I put my email on there because therefore you, you, you normally keep your email longer than you keep. Because you, know, mm-hmm. you, you may move, you may change. So, right, right. Right. but um, this was great. Uh, we have, this is, we, we spent a long time really talking about this stuff. Yeah, I love it so hard. <laughs> Mark will be back. We talk about more stuff. We'll, we'll bring Mark back for. I'm glad to come back, gladly. We'll come back and we'll talk about it. And then Nick will join us. We'll all just be talking about Candyman. So, yes. All right. So, y'all, we'll see y'all soon. And y'all stay out of trouble. No yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs>